0: Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And I say this a lot, but this time I mean it. We have a big episode for you today, It's like, we have a lot. It's, um, today's episode says the, we're calling it the 3DS's reawakening for a number of reasons. One, Fire Emblem Awakening is now out in the world and we have our impressions later in the show. We also got to take a look at the Nintendo Direct, where Nintendo announced a slew of new 3DS games. On top of all that... Uh, moving away from the theme of the episode, we're going to talk a lot about some upcoming Wii U games that were recently announced, as well as some uh, other Wii U news, including sales numbers. And we also are going to take a look, a Nintendo perspective, if you will, of the PS4, which was announced just a few days ago. So we'll have that, plus impressions, in addition to Fire Emblem, of Nano Assault Neo and F Zero on the Wii U Virtual Console. By request, I might add. We got a request to talk about that one. So it's a big show. We should probably start, though, with what makes this episode's name exist, and that was the Nintendo Direct. Uh, You know, it's been kind of a quiet, at least to me, it's been kind of a quiet few months on the 3DS front. We had Paper Mario in November, but we didn't have, like, the same back-to-back game releases like we did in 2011, where it was, like, Zelda, Star Fox, Mario, Mario Kart, all in a couple months. So it's definitely, like, a... LOL, spe- you know, with the Wii U coming out, Nintendo shifted its attention a little.
1: Yeah, but isn't that always been Nintendo like when yeah, it they takes a break? Three D S is mm-hmm. so kinda of have to own both, otherwise you're gonna really be Yeah.
0: But the exactly. But the good news is uh this year they're gonna actually be bucking that trend because the three D S is in a bit of a renaissance now. We have Fire Emblem Awakening, which is great and we'll talk about more later, like I said. But um we also have a whole bunch of new announcements that Nintendo made in a Valentine's Day Nintendo Direct. So, I guess we should jump right in. Um, Nintendo called this Nintendo Direct... Well, let me rephrase. Nintendo, the theme of the Nintendo Direct was the Year of Luigi. Uh, Iwata, Nintendo's president of everything, world president, worldwide president, corporate president, he um, came out and declared it the Year of Luigi, and you know it's the Year of Luigi because he put on a Luigi hat. And then he put a Luigi hat on Shigeru Miyamoto. And then they're like, Year of Luigi! And it ended, and that was the whole press, that was the whole thing. It was ten seconds long.
1: When did you go have the the poltergeist? Then that miss, was in I, the Japanese I, one. Oh, okay. I, I missed like the first ten seconds and then just saw pretty much like the rest of it.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah. So they announced it was your Luigi by wearing some hats, and then the press, and then it ended, and we got no news, and it was a very sad. Mo- no, it actually uh, well, only yeah. like how they were yeah. celebrating Luigi. How awesome would that be if they came out and it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like you're Luigi. That means we're gonna wear some hats. Bye. Fade to black. But no, it, um... I imagine that's how it's a little bit of my choice. It is. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, um... There were some game announcements made. Uh, Nintendo kicked things off with not not a new game, but information on a very soon-to-be-released game, and that was Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which, as you may recall, or may not, comes out March 24th, which is a month from now. So, um... It was actually Miyamoto's first appearance in Nintendo Direct, in his Luigi hat. And he, um... Talked a little bit about how the single-player mode is going to be set up as well as a couple new multiplayer modes. So on the single-player side, Dark Moon is going to have more than just one mansion, as we already know. There's going to be five in total. And uh, how it will work is Luigi will complete missions in each mansion and go from mansion to mansion. Each mansion has different themes and whatnot. Um, But on top of that, he's not just using his Poltergust vacuum to suck up ghosts. He's also using it to solve puzzles now. So they gave some examples of him inflating a balloon to hover so, you know, he'll spit air into the balloon and then float up the floor. Or uh, he can carry a torch to a light by having the torch stuck on the end of his vacuum like to go light up a spider web is, I think, what they showed. Uh, he can do things like spin ceiling fans to get coins and keys to come out, which is actually, I think, in the original game. I yeah, they I remember brought that saying, back. Yeah,
1: spinning ceiling
0: Yeah. And then on top of that, the um, you know, just the mansions themselves are going to be more varied. They showed an ice mansion where at one point Luigi was going down almost what looked like the slide from R64, but, like, all iced out. They um they showed him on tightrope, they showed him, you know, interacting with different things that really don't even look like mansions. So it's definitely is a more fleshed out experience. But do we know anything about the plot? I mean, uh, yeah, the plot is I think we talked about it on a previous episode, but if not the plot is Professor Egad is back and by the way, how did Nintendo not make any spin offs with Egad? You have a quirky doctor named E.G.A.D., which is, like, the weirdest pun He had a a
1: pretty prominent
0: role in Partners in Time, though. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, imagine if you had, like, E.G.A.D.'s... Like, they could do, like, a total, like, Rube Goldberg machine eShop game starring E.G.A.D. He
1: had a Mario Party 6 board game named after him, dedicated to
0: him. But they could do a Rube Goldberg machine game for the eShop starring him. E.G.A.D.'s enormous environment. E.G.A.D. Yeah, I like his name. It's a really bad pun. Um, But anyway... Yeah, the plot is, to answer your question, the plot basically is E guys experimenting on the friendly ghosts of Everglade, no, not Everglade, Evershade Valley, shade because it's dark, because ghosts, and um, the dark moon splinters, and suddenly all the ghosts go bad, and you have to, like, collect oh. the pieces of the moon or something to get the ghosts happy again, I don't know, it's, like, the most yeah, forced plot. I...
1: I do remember that we talked about that. Yeah. And it's such a forgettable plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the
0: problem. That's why I forgot. Yeah, yeah. But um, in addition to those gameplay features I talked about and the um, plot, they're also introducing a new uh, dark light mode, which you can use to find hidden objects. So you'll have Luigi's normal light, which you use to suck up the ghosts and suck up environmental things for puzzles. And you have the dark light, which you use to find secrets, find items, and find the polterpup, which is this little ghost dog that apparently plays a big, pretty big role in single player, but Nintendo didn't say how or why or what, or when, or who. Well, they did say who. They just didn't say the others. So that's single-player. Multiplayer, I'm proud to say, as I, as I thought was the case when they unveiled Hunter Mode, and I'm like, that has if they're calling it Hunter Mode, there's probably more modes. There are more modes. They unveiled the final two, which are Rush and Polterpup, our friend the ghost dog. Rush Mode, uh, they all take place in, this, in the... <clears throat> Scott, wait, what was it called? The... The Scare Scraper? There we go. Scare, I was going to say Skyscreamer. <laughs> they, <all take, laughs> they all take place in the Scare scraper. Really? Like, polterpup, Pup, Scare Scraper, E.G.A.D., Evershade, <laughs> this game. This game is like our episode titles. It's so, like, overly punny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, actually, this episode, I'm proud to say the pun isn't too intense. I mean, reawakening, Fire Emblem Awakening, but it's not like, it's not like we're, like, emblematic fire fighters or some weird thing like that. Anyway. We'll try to throw more puns in, I guess. Oh, we'll have more. Trust me, we'll have more. I yeah. mean, Luigi's <laughs> Mansion. Actually, I don't want to spoil what that good pun could be. I'll tell you after we record. It's going to be a good one. Alright. Or should I spoil it right now for everyone? I feel, like, I feel like one person that listens to our show somewhere out there probably enjoys stumbling across the titles every two weeks and being like, oh! Oh, I get it. So I don't want to spoil it for them.
1: Well, what if there's a chance that we might not call it a Oh, flag, we'll call but... it that.
0: All right. It's for Luigi's Mansion. There's no way we're not gonna have a Luigi Mansion episode. Alright. That works. Serious. Anyway, so multiplayer um it all takes cra- place in the Screamscraper. That's not what it's called, is it?
1: Scarescraper. Scarscraper. I... <laughs> <are they puns? laughs> it <is? laughs>
0: it's amazing how many puns are brought off. Sky Screamer, Screamscraper, uh Scare screen Scare Scraper, Scare Scraper, sky, scre- sky scare. No, it's whatever it is. They all take place in the tower that hunter mode takes tower place. Tower Terror, in. yeah. Yeah, the Tower of Terror. And rush mode, you're just trying to get through the level as quickly as possible, all the floors as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter how many ghosts. Hunter mode, remember you want to get the most ghosts. And Polter Pup is you're using the stro or the dark light light. The dark light mode to find the polter pups hidden in each level. So basically it's a scavenger hunt. Those are the two new modes. Both will be online, just like uh Hunter. Oh. So, you know, overall, I mean it's kinda of crazy to think that it's been what, two years since they announced Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon? Over As two years? Wow. I think they announced it in 2011. So, I mean, it's been a long way. It's finally almost here. But even with all the delays, two Nintendo's credit and two Next Level Game's credit, they really crammed a lot of stuff in there. I mean, they have five matches, they have three multiplayer modes, online, local, single-card play, multi-card play. Like, it's it's pretty well-rounded package. Know,
1: compared to the first one, which, only which had, like, was like six two... hours long. Not even. <laughs> it's like less than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a much fun. better deal. Like oh, yeah, I love the original. Really I'm really excited about this because I love the first one.
1: I mean, at this point, the only thing this one has on it now would just be the visuals and Mario being kidnapped, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I
0: think the visuals in the original were better, yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to all that when we share our impressions of the game next month when it comes out. So stay tuned for that. With our awesome punny title that I don't want to reveal because...
1: We got to hype this title up.
0: Oh, it's going to be so hyped and people are going to read it and be like, that was what you talked about for a month. That. This will make the headlines.
1: Like, oh, we'll, we'll oh a yeah, no, movie. it's gonna
0: be like it's gonna be on all the major gaming sites. It'll be like PS4 announced, and next to it, what is Nintendo's episode in two episodes from now? Episode 39, what will it be called? But yeah, let's get back to real news though. And that real news is actually significant news. Uh, Nintendo in the Nintendo Direct, after detailing Luigi's Mansion, jumped ahead to other Year of Luigi excitement and news and stuff, and that was two new games featuring Luigi. The first of which is a new Mario and Luigi title. Mm. It's coming out this summer, which is actually really soon if you think about it. And it is called um, Mario. Mario and Luigi Dream Team.
1: That game looks cool.
0: Yeah, it's being developed by the team over at Alpha Dream, who did all the others. And they basically took the top-down view of the 2D Mario and Luigis, and they kind of like rounded everything out. Like the sp- like the characters still kind of look like sprites, but they're like polygonal now. And like they the world, look, they they'll...
1: still look very much like sprites. They look yeah, they just have like... they're
0: just 3D. Like they mm-hmm. literally have. They just added girth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they're they're not flat, they're yeah. they're rounded. But but,
1: but, I, but I like the fact that they don't look like. Yeah, like I like idea. that it's not
0: like super like Mario typical Mario renders. Yeah, and they also um, the environments are keeping the same art style but 3D instead of just 2D isometric view like in the past. Yeah, um,
1: basically, it's a really pretty
0: game. Yeah, but of course. You know, graphics aren't that big of a deal when there's what's the meat of the game. And that, and this is what really makes it part of the year, Luigi. Luigi's the inside whole, story. Yeah, it's Luigi's inside story. The whole game is set in his head. He's asleep on the bottom screen. The game's playing out in his dreams, hence Dream Team, on the well, not top the whole screen. Time, no, it's the whole time.
1: No. Didn't you see the trailer? Like, sometimes yeah. they're running around, both Mario and Luigi, doing random stuff. And then every once in a while, it showed like Luigi just went asleep and then Mario jumped into his head. I don't remember that. And then there were parts where you're controlling both Mario and Luigi. Well,
0: Mario and Luigi can both be controlled when he's asleep. It's his dream. He pictures himself in his dream. When you dream, you don't... Well, I don't it's know. not like you don't see yourself Well, see, anything. well, that's the
1: weird part. Like, part of it showed Luigi as a giant face in the background. Other times, it showed Luigi actually being there. Well, here's
0: here's how I know... So, here's how we know yeah. for sure it works. This is what Iwata said. Luigi's asleep on the bottom screen, and you manipulate him on the touch screen. poke him, prod him, tickle him, curl his mustache for him, etc. Um... Some of those are kind of awkward. Uh, anyway, you do all that, and it affects what happens on the top screen. So they specifically showed, there's one where he, like, wiggles his nose or something. And it makes him sneeze on the top screen. It makes him do something on the top screen that suddenly makes blocks appear. Like, you see his face floating in the background as Mario's platforming. So there's stuff like that. I don't remember it showing him not being asleep at any point. I think it's on his dreams. Just like when you have a dream I mean, I could be wrong, but when well, you have a dream, seeing, you're in your dream. Because I remember
1: seeing a part where it was just Mario and Luigi walking around, like, just like they do
0: in every other game. Well, keep in mind... Was, like a town square kind keep of Keep in thing, mind, like... it didn't show both screens at all times in the trailer. I'm pretty sure the whole time it's in his head.
1: Yeah, but that didn't look like a dream... I well, no, well, the whole yeah. thing's in his
0: head. It doesn't have to be all, like, wavy and crazy, but their point is... Their whole point was, because it's in his head, because it's a dream, it's a Mario and Luigi game, but Luigi actually has courage now. Oh, Think, so it could just be the the world of Mario and Luigi in his head, where everything's slightly skewed towards him being the courageous hero. I don't
1: know. I think it's just going to be... I mean, not bad, but in the same sense as Mario's... Uh, Bowser's Boucher Story. like, part of it took outside of the dream. He did yeah. stuff. And then you, you might be right. I have and he no had to go inside his dreams every once in a while. Yeah. Because, I mean, why would they show that little thing of just, like, Luigi just sleeping and jumping in the dream? Into the be-
0: because if he's asleep, they have to show... Oh, yeah. Him entering his own dream world, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't point we'll we'll definitely learn more leading up till summer. I mean the game comes out really soon and they haven't really showed anything beyond that minute trailer, so if nothing else at E three in June we'll learn more, hopefully before then. But we have enough games as it is, I wouldn't mean, mind. Means... <laughs> oh hey, there's more. Yes. We're just getting started. Um so that's one and that, that's that's pretty cool. Um I mean I've always liked the Mario Luigi series, so I'm excited about that. One that I'm arguably more excited for, it's another 3DS what? game. More excited? Yeah. Hey, wait, you'll under. I'll, it, it, let me say the game, and then people will go, oh, of course, because Jason's so right. It is totally like the best sports game ever. And that is Mario Golf. Mario Golf World Tour
1: I still don't is announced for the that, 3DS. Too soon.
0: Whatever. Mario World Tour is also going to be part of the. <laughs> it's also going to be part of the Year of Luigi. It was announced for 3DS. It, um. You know, uh, they showed some gameplay. It looks like Toadstool Tour, a lot like Toadstool Tour. Is but... it going to be, like,
1: an alternate code that says Luigi's, like,
0: World Tour? No, no. no. The, the Way in Town preface is, like, another part of your Luigi is Luigi's in this game. Like, he's playable here. But, um, yeah, so, you know, they showed some gameplay. It looks like it has a mix of, and I mean, what I, I said, it's a mix of the standard golf mechanics you'd expect. Plus, like, the super shots in the zany worlds of the Mushroom Kingdom courses. So, like, there's one course with a huge Goomba in the background. So they have that, they have, uh, like I said, Return of Super Shots, they're, um, they're gonna do, they're, they're promising simple to pick up controls, which is true for all the games, it's being developed by Camelot, uh, so far they've confirmed Mario, Wario, Waluigi, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Bowser, and obviously, uh, Luigi. Oh. They didn't show Peach in the trailer, but all the others were shown in one form or another. And, now you, I know you're freaking out, like... Really? That's better to you? Here's the thing. I've always been a sucker for Mario Golf. I re- Toadstool Tour is really, really good. Like, I don't know. I don't oh, know why.
1: That one? The Game GameCube.
0: Oh. GameCube. Now, and so I'm, of because of that, I'm excited about um, this one, about World Tour. And I'm hoping, well, two things. One, the fact that it's called World Tour kind of implies it's online. I'm hoping. It'd be silly not to considering Mario Tennis Open was online. And two, speaking of Mario Tennis Open, I'm hoping this is more fleshed out than that. Mario Tennis Open was clearly a bit of a rush job. Nintendo needed more games out for the 3DS at the time. And they were just like, come on, Mario Tennis, go. So it had no RPG mode like the Game Boy Advance ones just or the Game Boy Color ones. It was literally just tennis. It was like even less of a... It had less structure, I'd argue, than um, like Mario Power Tennis. Like there's less to it.
1: Well, I mean, to, I,
0: don't know, I guess,
1: and, I guess it, there's less to it as far as things to do. But I think
0: the actual That's what I mean. No, I meant in terms of things to do
1: fun and deep.
0: Oh, no, no, no. It is still fun. I just mean there's less to do. Oh. Yeah. So I'm hoping that um, Mario Golf World Tour, since obviously they had the time to properly develop it, I'd imagine, uh, I'm hoping that it has the RPG mode of the old Game Boy ones. Mm
1: -hmm. For when you not want to play tennis. You mean golf? When you don't want to play golf.
0: Yeah, my bad. No, well, hey, Mario, I didn't play, I'll be honest, I didn't play Mario Golf Advance, but I did play Mario Tennis Advance, or whatever it was called. And I don't think it was called that. But it's RPG mode. It's really cool. It's literally like an rpg who has dead battles you just go into tennis matches so well oh. i'd be okay with that like i like that setup. um either way though i'm definitely excited although i will admit it is kind of funny how uh last episode we were talking about how in the investor Q and A nintendo had recently uh iwata was saying how nintendo needs to change the perception of the 3ds in the west to make it more than just a mario machine his words not mine and then what do they do a week later? They announce two new Mario games and call it the Year of Luigi. And they also have Luigi's Mansion still. So it's just kind of funny that right after saying that, they announce like a bunch of new Mario stuff. Oh, well, it's, I think it's more it's a Mario machine
1: anymore. The Luigi machine.
0: Yeah, well, still. Like if if, if you go, we're going to have fewer Mario games and then you announce like seven games involving Mario characters. It's still kind of funny. But um, here's one game that is loosely associated with Mario but isn't quite. And it's not Year Luigi, but they felt the need to throw it in there, and I, I, by all means, feel free to do so, Nintendo, the more games better. And that is a 3DS remake of Donkey Kong Country Returns, also coming this summer. So ju- just to recap, in this Nintendo, Re- or Nintendo Direct, we have uh, three new games all coming to the 3DS in a three-month window. That's basically one a month, in a period that's usually a lull for Nintendo. So, I mean, they're all set, they're saying summer for all of them. So, it's pretty... that's pretty good. That's pretty on Nintendo, and then of course there's other games I've already been announced, which we'll get to, which are coming even before that. So, there's a lot. Too many games. Honestly, it Again. kind of it kind of is, and yeah. So let's get back to Donkey Kong, because that that one actually I might skip simply because what it is. If Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D is a straight up remake of Donkey Kong Country Returns from the Wii. They took Donkey Kong Country Returns. Put it on a smaller screen, layered the backgrounds in 3D, swapped out the motion controls for button presses, and we're like, here you go. Don't get me wrong. Donkey Kong Country Returns is a cool game. It looks like, you know, it looks super good in 3D. They have a trailer on the eShop that you can download, and I recommend you do and see it for yourself. But, uh, it's literally the same game. So unless they announce some sort of, like, super special, like... Look how it uses, you know, this special mode or it has street pass in more than just a simple way. Like, unless it really had something special, I'm probably going to skip it. Because it yeah. will only be but two you, and a half even years even then, old.
1: I feel like it has to have... I mean, for us to get it or for me to get cause it. Because yeah. I beat the game almost like 100%. I did yeah. all the bonus levels in that magical monkey world or whatever. Right. But, um... I don't...
0: It would have to have at least like another second, maybe
1: campaign or something. Another thought is not going to happen. It needs
0: something because it's weird. It's only two and a half years after it came out in November yeah. 2010 for Wii, and it's going to come out in summer 2013 for 3DS. That's yeah. literally like Visually, two like and a half years.
1: One generation back is not enough time for me to want to replay yeah, the same. game. I mean that's it's, why like Wind Waker looks very appealing because it's, it's been, been a long, ten years. Yeah, which is crazy. Even though my. I did play it again recently, like in the last few years, but. Even then, I mean, Donkey Kong Country Returns, as good as it is... Yeah, yeah. and the thing with, like... Oh, yeah, same thing with Resident Evil. That's probably why I'm not going to get it. It's too, revelations it's too for too Wii U. soon, and I played, yeah. like, the heck out of that game.
0: Yeah, and similarly, like, what you are saying about Wind Waker. With Wind Waker, pro- it, first of all, it looks totally different. They're processing major enhancements. They're going to use Wii U in different ways, like uh, Miiverse and whatnot. So it is kind of weird that Donkey Kong, they're just like, here's the same game, that's a little smaller in terms of the physical screen size. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will admit that I really wish I did want to buy it again just because right. oh man i really wish i could take advantage of that 3d
0: yeah because
1: yeah i remember it, i remember like every time i would play through one of those minecart levels or i don't know there's so so many levels where they're always like panning or making you go way into the background yeah. or the grinders. silhouette levels yeah it's it, it was like playing um like um just like how warrior land is like a Warriorland game where you're always jumping back and forth yeah just so many perspective tricks there's yeah. so many little, little things it you seems
0: just, like it was made for 3d yeah, just on the wrong system <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just remember they kept thinking, like, oh, man, I wish this game was in 3D
0: as yeah. I was playing it. Yeah. It's weird how we sound so down and out. It's like, oh, no, they announced the game, we the, and we're going to, like... It sucks that they announced the <laughs> game, but, you no, know, it, it's, it's,
1: they announced a good game that I'm not going to no, buy? Yeah, it's a
0: good game. It is a good game. If you've never played Donkey Kong Country Returns, the 3D one, I'm sure, will be just as good. It's just odd that it's literally a straight port. But it's yeah. great that they have yet another game coming 3DS so soon. And, I mean, that's just retail. I
1: don't know. That's why, like, if you haven't played the first Donkey Kong Country Returns for some reason you should get it yeah I feel it's the same thing with like I don't know the second version of Pokemon like it's still a good game if not better than the first version right but you're not going to get it because well a lot of people still get it for some reason but I yeah. wouldn't just because yeah. yeah but like, yeah no. and when I did I didn't play it I regretted it so
0: right yeah. Right, but, um, yeah, and I mean, the thing is, that what we just listed, that's all coming out this summer, and that's just newly announced games. Nintendo also confirmed some previously announced stuff, so we now know Animal Crossing, New Leaf, as promised, will be out within the first half of this year, barely. Comes out June 9th, they just confirmed, which act- during the Nintendo Direct, which actually is the day before, is the Sunday of E3 week. So, as if E3 wasn't crazy enough already, there's now a very high-profile 3DS game launching right on the eve of E3. Mm. It's gonna be an insane week. It's gonna be fun, and I'm really looking forward to Animal Crossing. They um, just as our, uh for those who may not have been keeping up. With New Leaf, the big change is you're now mayor of the town, so you don't just customize your house; you customize the town. You customize. You could pick where you place your house. You could design the outside of your house. You can put up. You decide where I put benches. You decide where I put parks. Just not parks, but stop lamp posts and everything. You can create your own like uh, what are those called? Where like you put your face up to the hole in the cardboard in Auto the booth. Yeah, almost like a photo booth. Like it's those things like at a pier or at a beach where like yeah, it's, it's like the muscle man and you put your face, face in the yeah. You can make your own of those and there've been some really cool ones out of Japan. Plus it has all the usual Animal Crossing stuff with a bunch of new characters and a bunch of new items, QR code support to share stuff. So yeah, it's a pretty fully fledged or fully fleshed out game and it will be here finally on June ninth. Yeah. So that's game number one that they confirmed. As soon as I brain age I'm gonna be
1: playing my 3DS at least like half an hour every day. Yeah. Assuming you're
0: still brain aging in uh June. Two
1: weeks in, pretty
0: sure. Is this a, is it yeah, two weeks in. That's in twelve weeks, fourteen weeks. Not true. We'll see. I mean we'll see. Hey, you wanna play some bet right now on the show that you'll still be playing? that'll motivate you. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure I will. Okay. I'm confident. We
0: will check in the our E3 episode in June, where you will see if you're still playing. All right. I haven't even started yet, to be honest. I uh I have the game. I'm planning to start this too? week, but yeah, I'm starting this week. <laughs> I'm probably starting like by the time this is posted on the site, actually. But not as of this recording. Um,
1: yeah, I'm getting really good at that two back and three back. Two right, back. I remember we had so much
0: trouble with that. Two
1: back is like a breeze now. Three back, I'm getting a hang of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, back to upcoming games, if you don't mind, of course. Um, the other one that Nintendo gave new info on is Lego. This was also announced, also coming to retail, but now they finally like showed it, and that's uh, Lego City Undercover: The Chase Begins. Another punny title. See, the main star of that game is Chase McCain. And it's a prequel where he starts working as a cop, so the chase begins in that you're starting to chase the criminals, and the chase begins in that it's the saga of chase beginning, and the chase begins as in, I, don't know, I had two. The
1: literal chase begins. I yeah,
0: I don't know the literal. You're chasing it down in stores to play it. If, if, the no. But okay, basically what it is, it comes out April twenty first. It's literally a downsized version of the Wii. Does it come with a little Lego dude? I don't know. They didn't say. I feel like I should. The Wii U one does if you pre-order. Really? Yep. The little special Lego guy of Chase mm-hmm. McCain. Maybe I should. Now you're gonna buy the game for sixty dollars so you get a little Lego of Chase McCain. turn it. You're <laughs> you're horrible. Why would you? Why would you do that? You you give Nintendo sixty dollars, then you take it away from them. They're reaching for that sixty dollars in your hand. wouldn't they snatch the sixty dollars, they won't night? actually have it yet. But they'd assume they were getting it. You're taunting them. Because I mean, the- good sir, you are taunting them. No. No, I don't care. Yeah, Do it. It's yeah. not that it matters that much. You could probably just go in and ask Best Buy, like, "Can I just have that?" And they'll be like, well, "Whatever. No one's pre-ordering." <laughs> Give it to you. But yeah, I don't even have for Legos. But anyway, Chase Begins is the prequel to the Wii U game. It comes out almost to the day, a month after the Wii U game, and it's really a downsized version of the. It shouldn't it come out before. It should, you would think, but it's basically well,
1: nowadays prequels always come out years after. Yeah, the but this one's 15. only a month.
0: But uh, it, it's literally, this like, the same world, shrunken down. It's open world. You can still, like, uh, they don't say hijack. They say borrow vehicles. You still fight criminals. You still a, a bit, a bit, do a, various a bit, missions. The, a bit
1: after the credits roll, you have to spend the whole game returning all the cars you borrowed.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, you have to return all the cars, and anyone you might have run over, you have to rebuild them because they're Legos. So you have to put their arms back in the you have to write, words. like, an apology note on you the touchscreen. You touch have to write an apology screen. on the touchscreen or on the Wii U gamepad, depending on the version. See,
1: I want to see a game do something like that. That'd be that'd be, that'd
0: be Yeah, that'd be, like, a very, like... Everyone would hail it as like, oh, it's so like, so Indian artsy. Like, they're it's they're they're making a such a dramatic point with their yeah, with You their, feel guilt. You in feel a game. guilt in a game. <laughs> this game makes you feel emotions for the first time. But um, yeah. So it doesn't do that as far as I know. But uh, it is interesting that they were able to like downsize it all. I mean, there's definitely a lack of draw distance. Everything's covered in fog, like old N64 games were. But um, you know, it's still pretty still pretty fully featured, which is kind of impressive. And I wouldn't actually be surprised if this one outsells the Wii U version, if If, Chase Begins sells Would you say
1: it's building a fan base? Yeah, it's a bad pun, because building bricks and...
0: Building Legos? Yeah, Legos. Yeah, no, I got it. Uh, I think what it's more like is, if we want to use Lego puns, I think the 3DS already has a very well-built... Install base from Nintendo Because they have been slowly putting the pieces in place For people to buy the 3DS with all their various games So there are more people that are more uh, they are more involved in the There's no pun here Involved in the <laughs> universe of 3DS oh, I got built and pieces in place You yeah, Now the Wii U one On the other hand That one they're still piecing together The puzzle of, leg- of the system It's almost like you could say You have Legos but you don't know What they're supposed to be built into so, as such, I feel like the <laughs> Wii U one might not sell quite as well, at least initially, because I don't see it as a system seller. It's not like the, uh, you know, the nin- nin- was it Ninjago of Legos. What's it called? Oh, Lego Ninjago? Ninjago. It's not like Ninjago where it's, a, where it's a Lego seller. It's more like the accessory. I think most people view the Wii U as the accessory of just extra blocks if you need it. But, if Nintendo can make the Wii U as sought after as Ninjago, or however you say it, then possibly the sales of the... I think they let
1: that go now. They have something, oh, they have something new, now, something about animals. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. Well, the point... The, I was trying to make the analogy and the puns, and I think I got pretty far, all things considered. But point being, I think uh, the Wii U one is not going to sell, as well as the 3DS one, at least not at first. Maybe people when the Wii U guys picked up. I don't see it being a system seller. As long as it Wii doesn't one.
1: brick people's Wii
0: U like Sonic did. Okay, that was actually the best pun I've ever had. You win. You won in one fell swoop. Anyway... That's it for retail games they showed. Like, physical retail games they showed at Nintendo Direct. But that was only, like, half of what they covered in the Nintendo Direct. The other half was the eShop, and they put pretty big focus on it. So they announced a bunch of new games for eShop as well. uh, On both 3DS and Wii U. So we'll start with 3DS, we'll wrap up 3DS, and then we'll jump to Wii U. Because it was was like a 40-minute Nintendo Direct. So so first up is a game called Kersplush.
1: Have you ever wondered what happens when you drop a pebble into? Oh yeah, I love
0: that trailer. It's like... You ever, yeah, it's literally... Yeah. You ever wondered... <laughs> the what journey I, it takes. The journey it takes. The, the saga, it, or the the Lord of the Rings-style trials it must go through. the Go through the donuts,
1: pizza, and I don't know what.
0: Yeah, yeah, but exactly. The game, uh, Curse Bloosh, it's a newly announced puzzle game of sorts. It's like a really fast-paced puzzle. It's basically... It's it designed
1: for the 3DS. Yeah. I like the concept. Yeah,
0: because you're going into the screen. Yeah, it's like... So really, there's the depth. But it, um... It's basically Quetzal's Corridor's
1: on speed. Yeah, I I already have Quetzal's Corridor. It's Quetzal's Corridor on speed, yeah.
0: It's like super... What's interesting is in Japan, Kersplush was a eShop launch tile back in 2011. And only now are they bringing it here. So it actually predates Quetzal by a good half a year, nine months. If not more. Oh no, more. It's 2013 now. So like a good year, probably. Wow. But, um, yeah. So what the game is, we kind of were learning to it, but simply put... You drop something in a well. You control the thing as it falls, and you're dodging obstacles really quick. So it's Quetzal's it's Corridors, or as you may know it, through space if you are um, if you played the Wii Wear version of Quetzal's yeah. Corridors. But
1: you have different things you could drop that have different yeah. properties. Like a bowling ball may be harder to steer, but mm-hmm.
0: maybe you could destroy certain obstacles that could take mm-hmm. a certain amount of hits. Mm-hmm. You have the Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. I forgot what they're called, but yeah, Russian nesting doll. They have like a... They called them like a Marrakesha or something like that. Yeah. But they have those, and then as you drop, as you, as you were saying earlier, you're dodging pizza donuts weird spiral wooden things like all sorts of stuff yeah, so and it's really fast it well. and it moves really fast yeah so that's uh curse bloosh oh
1: wow and it ha
0: ha and it has um i'd also like to say it has quite possibly the best name of any e-shop game ever
1: yeah it does it's
0: it, it, you're like what when you hear it and you want to learn more so yeah. that will be out uh relatively soon actually
1: will it make a splash who knows
0: We'll let you know in a future episode whether it's worth worth (laughs) dipping into the world of Chris Bloosh when it comes out on March 7th on the eShop. No price. They didn't announce any prices at this entire direct. They just announced dates. Gotta have a pun count at some point. A what? A pun count? Oh, I wish one of our listeners had the patience. I don't think anyone does. But if someone (laughs) has the patience to go through every episode and count off the number of puns and then post it somewhere, we will reward you with... So, we'll give you $5 eShop credit, somehow. How, wait, you can't gift eShop credit, can you? Um,
1: The only way I can see us doing that is if we buy enough things on the eShop on the Wii U and then just give them our $5
0: nah, digital... No, nah, no, no, but that's only for the... Yeah, if you want to do that. We'll give you Actually, something. I
1: actually have one of those, Um, when you know, people on the marathons, you know, like little clickers, the yeah. counters. So if someone gets a close enough... Oh, I know, but they're going to count it to Okay, if
0: someone, seriously, if someone counts all the puns we've done in our 37 episodes of existence, that's a year and three months of existence, we will give you something. I don't know why. It might be a shirt. It might be an eShop. I don't know. But we will give you something that's valued somewhere between $2 and $8. I'm serious. Yeah. Challenge. Someone. I feel like someone somewhere just went, challenge accepted to no one else because they're in a room by themselves. but. <laughs> Seriously, we will give you something. Yeah, first one de- to post it. Yeah, first first one post it on Ramtown dot com and the cons for this episode, which is episode thirty seven, the three DS is rewitched. Really man, out. they have to listen to every episode. Every episode, everyone. I don't even know how we'd verify that, but we'll, we'll figure out a way. Oh man, we should just make it a, like the last few episodes just so we could actually No, we're gonna it. do all of them. We well, we don't have to we'll talk logistics. Yeah, how do we know? <laughs> we'll talk logistics. I don't think anyone's gonna do it. So oh. <laughs> all if right. someone does it you get a get. I guess between we just two have and to eight
1: give it thoughts. to them. Have to take their word. Yeah, for it. we'll take their word for it. If it sounds within like reason. And exactly. no,
0: you can't just post like two hundred sixty two and hope that we believe you. We have a rough idea what we've done, so we yeah. have a rough idea. So yeah, well, I would we'll, say so. Yeah, so so don't try and trick us. Anyway, yeah. back to <laughs> yeah, don't. So back to uh, Nintendo Direct. So Chris Blush is on March seventh, and then right after that on March fourteenth, we're gonna be getting a demo for Harmonite, followed by the full game finally on March twenty eighth. Me about it. Now Harmon, <laughs> now Har- I will tell you about. Let me tell you about it. Uh So Harmonite, as you may recall or may not, if you don't know about, it, is a, it's an auto runner of sorts, like kind of a side-scrolling runner, like Robot Unicorn or whatever. From like Bit Trip
1: Runner or Bit Trip Runner, almost exactly like it.
0: Yeah, from uh, Game Freak, the people that do Pokemon, and unlike, actually kind of like Bit Trip Runner. Actually, I did go Bit Trip Runner. It's based <laughs> around the rhythm of the level, so to speak. You you move to the music, so you're moving automatically. You jump. To, you jump to the music, you hit Emmys with a mallet to the music, everything's to music. There's 50 plus levels, I think. And, yeah, over 50 levels. And that's pretty much the gist of it. Some parts are in 2D, like Bit Trip. Some parts take, like, a tilted angle where you're, like, running into the screen, like boss battles and whatnot. And, of course... Yeah, I don't think BitTrip does that, but... Yeah, no, it doesn't. And, be, of course, because... But, I mean, the
1: fact, but it's nice that it's just different enough. I mean, it's, like the same idea, so I do really yeah. love right. that kind of game. This is just another version of that game, so... And at um, more point, I, I, it's I, I, from the Game free, it's free. from the
0: Pokemon team. Yeah, so you get Pokemon the last time Remix Pokemon, is, so awesome. yeah, but the last time Game Freak did a game that wasn't Pokemon, it was the extremely awesome Game Boy Advance game, Drill Dozer. And it seems to have some of the same, like, look and feel. Yeah, I
1: really Drill Dozer is not getting into that game. Drill
0: Dozer is so good. But yeah, so, um, Harmonite, March 28th, demo two weeks earlier. So there's that Music coming. Music my years Are you trying to make... People have to keep adding. Oh, yeah, the, this episode counts in the challenge, you beat by the, the beat? way. I've heard we use that in an episode about music games.
1: No, I, I think that was, um, isn't that the name of Rhythm, rhythm Heaven, Heaven in somewhere? Europe?
0: Rhythm Heaven, uh, rhythm Heaven in Europe is called Beat the Beat. Yeah. Yeah, instead yeah. of
1: Rhythm. That's so weird.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to the eShop because there's more. There really is. So, right after Harmony on March 28th, you then get on March 11th a sequel. That was previously not announced. Uh, Dylan Drawing Western, The Last Ranger, which, as you can guess, is a sequel to the already existing e-shot game, Dylan Drawing Western. I don't know why I needed to say that out loud. It's kind of a given. But unlike um, how the trailer leads to believe, um, there's more than one ranger, it seems. So
1: I don't know which one's the last one. I think the last one so is do they, Dylan. Do they all get killed off? No,
0: I think Dylan's the last one. He has Because part of the mechanic this time, the new features are, you have to go and recruit allies. You have to go recruit the other rangers. He's the last ranger. And he has to go convince others to come out of retirement, is my guess is my guess. My guess. No T. That's my guess. Oh. Alright. Who knows. But in addition to that, it's got street pass functionality, and it's gonna have um, the requirement that when you're going through the standard missions, which once again will be a mix of uh, tower defense, you set up the towers, and then you do real-time battles as in the armadillo actiony, you know, button pressing battles. Yeah. I mean, once you get the ball rolling, then you have to. Okay, stop, it. stop, stop! Someone's get someone's gonna seriously hurt themselves over this at this point. <laughs> I don't want to like cause physical pain. So I <laughs> can't <But, laughs> help it. I know, but um, yeah. So it features that same core gameplay, and the big twist besides the allies and the street pass is there's now a train that you also have to guard along with the town in each chapter or quest or whatever you want to call them, and. Um, yeah, so you now have a train to juggle along with the towers and the villages and the people and the sheep and the, or the rocks or whatever you are guarding, all from the evil groks, which are just rock creatures that have a G in front of their name. Yeah. Yeah, but the original, here's the thing. The original we talked about a year ago now, and... uh, yeah, My brother played it. Yeah, your brother played it. He came on and talked about it, and he gave good impressions, but the problem is I couldn't play it, and fellow lefties couldn't play it because there's no left-handed option. You ha- how it works is you move with the control stick and you use the stylus to rev up Dylan, basically. So you have well, to do you, left handed. right hand. Then right you have hand. To adapt. Or, Conform. Or, or you can hope, which is why I'm hoping, that Nintendo and the developers an of Dylan out. Drawing Western address this. Remember Dexterous. No, I don't, I, no, I don't do want it. to become Commanded. Inter- Fine, I might have to at this rate between Kid Icarus and this. But anyway, point being, I'm hoping they include a left-handed option of some sort. I'm okay with using the face buttons instead of the control stick to move Dylan. Like, I don't know why they couldn't just throw that in the first one.
1: He'll be the brawl character. Not he seems, character. Smash, Smash he yeah. seems
0: like he will be. They're saying him up to be. Yeah. I mean, he's such a perfect fit. He's gonna fit. have some sort of He's such of, a perfect fit. Just like Rhythm Heaven, they're gonna
1: have at least a stage of some sort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because Rhythm Heaven is pretty big in Japan, so I can yeah. see that. Otherwise, I'll block out the game. It's that seems so, a little extreme. Uh, and while Nintendo didn't actually talk at all, check out this transition. Nintendo didn't talk at all about, the Sm- about Smash Bros. since you mentioned it, but they did talk about a new Mario versus Donkey Kong game. Or should I say Mario and Donkey Kong? I think Versus has become too violent for Nintendo. The new...
1: Or they're no longer enemies. Or they're I mean, no longer enemies. Did you play um, the one for the DS, like the sequel? And-
0: I played like three of them, but there's like eight now, so...
1: Yeah, I know one of them was like a DSi one. Maybe some- I didn't play I- the DSi one. Because I know there were... Did bi- they work
0: together? They were business
1: part? partners in part two.
0: Well, what they did was they switched the focus of the game.
1: Something happened.
0: Mario versus Donkey Kong originally was Donkey Kong steals the mini toys. Mario has to go save them.
1: No, yeah, the first one was literally the 80... Donkey Kong 89 or something. For 94. 94, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just in
1: better polygons, and they're kind of cool. Oh,
0: no, no, no. It was a new game. They just followed the And then formula. after, the, And then after that, it became... Then they became, they became Lemmings with little Yeah, minis, that's at The, with the Mario a platformer. Minis. Yeah. And after that, yeah. And that became Mario... All about the mini one, Marios. And this one's Pipe Dream. Pipe Dream.
1: Yeah, you have to create, like, a path for the ooze to go from... Remember that old, like, computer game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Well, this I was is, this a is Pipe Dream.
0: Yeah, what they did is they went from... Platformer with the original Mario vs. Donkey Kong to Lemmings with all the mini Mario Donkey Mario vs. Donkey Kongs, and now this is either pipe dream or what I was thinking was like the street planning of Sin City. not anything else, just the laying down the streets. Because what they did is they took the 2D view or pipe dream. They took the it's 2D pipe dream because it's a top view. Yeah, does... that's what they say. Is they took the 2D view of Mario vs. Donkey Kong, was flipped it so you look down from above, and then everything's still the same. You're still making a path for the and dodging obstacles for your min, for your uh, mar, mini Mario's. They just move the angle. All right, <laughs> but sure, Pipe Dream works. I never played Pipe Dream. Now that I think about it. But really, really.
1: Yeah, you just make pipes so the ooze goes from one into the other. And it just. But this isn't them. quite
0: that because you're not making a pipe; you're making a path. That's why like the pipes are the. Pipes oh, I have played Pipe Dream. You know what Pipe Dream's like? Isn't it basically a top-down version of those Mario Party made games where you have to like get the whatever item to your character through the maze of pipes?
1: Yeah, you have to get your own. Pipe yeah, engine. exactly. Yeah, because in this game okay. you have like, your own set of blocks. You have to put them. Okay, I'm going to use the crossing right here. I'm going
0: to use the. Yeah, right here. Well, well that's, that's, how that's how it was. It. It's pipe dream. Yeah, okay. It's also yeah. It's and, and it's very similar in concept to the 2D uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong games, and that you had to build things so your maze can you know could get to the end of the level, but they flipped it so you're looking down. Yeah. But um, and of course they'll have all the random mini games that no one really cares about. Like, look, you could slingshot the mini Mario into a fla- floating Donkey Kong with the stylus. Yeah. That was a boss. Yeah, but then they made a mini games in one of the later ones, and now it's just oh. a mini game. And then play the the one that
1: was just DLC, DS DLC. Um, yeah.
0: But um, so this this
1: uh,
0: Mario and Donkey Kong, this one is called the Minis March Again. Yeah. There we go. No, Minnie's on the Move. <laughs> Minnie's March, <again> <laughs> no, <laughs> March Again already happened. No, Minnie's March Again already happened. They're running out of names. This one's Minnie's on the Move. Well, What's the second one called? March of the
1: Minis, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: March of Mays, Minis March Again, Minnie's on the Move. They're running out of words. And next is just going to be like Minnie's memental moments or something. But either way, it doesn't have a release date or a price, but presumably soon. And, you know, uh, Nintendo Software Technologies, there, which is Nintendo's, like, Redmond team, basically pumps these out every few years. And they're good games. They're just... This is the first fresh one in a while, so I'm kind of interested. Kind of. But um, that's it for brand new eShop games. They did confirm a couple of virtual console things as well on the Nintendo Direct. We've got uh, Harvest Moon GBC and Legend of the River King, awesome Game Boy Color. They're Both will new- be... What? <laughs> I never played either harvest moon gbc never touched the
1: harvest moon actually. harvest
0: moon gbc that's its actual name harvest moon gbc like on the box it says harvest moon gbc is um really good but that was during my they harvest moon phase.
1: Too, too mellow for me i like i like it i mean i don't I, know i don't I like, like
0: milking cows in real life like so why would i want to do it in a video game well i don't like going on shooting rampages in real life but i'm perfectly content doing it in call of duty Yes, I really did just compare <laughs> cow milking to shootings. Yeah,
1: because I want to But the
0: point being, you do things you don't do in normal life. One's a little.
1: Low- <laughs> <laughs> I was about to, like.
0: One's one extreme. I, 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 was about to, okay. I was about to
1: argue that, but my argument would have been really horrible.
0: One is one like, extreme. Don't say it. One is one extreme, and, and I, I, one is extreme. They're opposite extremes, but the point still st- remains that it's a fantasy world and it doesn't have to translate to real world. In fact, you could say. I'm right, You wouldn't pick up
1: dog poo for free just for the sake of doing it but would you play a game based
0: around that mechanic no that doesn't sound interesting exactly fine (laughs) so fine so I'll play my Call of Duty and cow milking I'll play my shooting and cow milking games and yeah those are the two I'm going to do
1: alright I'm I'm glad I found something that works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, I do recommend checking out Harvest Moon GBC if that's your cup of tea when it hits the virtual console but there's no word on when for either game uh here, now, here's something interesting. Nintendo also announced that Zelda Oracle of Ages and Zelda Oracle of Seasons are coming to the 3DS Virtual Console in Japan this coming week, actually. So, they will be there by the end of February. And what's interesting is Nintendo Nintendo. Yeah, I have Seasons. Really? Oh, I don't have either. It's good. I it's don't. from Capcom and Nintendo. Oh, yeah, Capcom and Nintendo did them together. It was precursor to like Minish Cap and Four Swords, which yeah. Capcom did.
1: They made all of those, right? Like,
0: yeah, they, they had a hand in all of them. But, um, what was I going to say? So Nintendo didn't announce this as part of the International Nintendo Direct on Valentine's Day. They had, literally, a second Nintendo Direct, seven days later, where they announced this and talked about some Japanese third-party games. Nothing new, really, but, um...
1: Oh, yeah, didn't they talk about some, like, that weird friend game or something? Yeah, they talked about Tamodoshi,
0: Tamodoshi Collection Connection, which is a very popular in Japan DS game based around me characters that, um... Wouldn't they make it first you, party? It is. Which is weird that they talked about. It. But it's first part, it's based around me characters. And basically it's like Animal Crossing, but with me. It's like you get to interact with them. You can have them sing songs and stuff. And it's very heavy on voice interaction. Which is why it never came stateside. Because the translation would have been taking forever.
1: Wow.
0: So they, I think they figure Animal Crossing is good enough. Since they're kind of similar. But they're releasing the sequel in Japan now. And it's probably going to do super well. The original is on the sales charts forever. In Japan. But, um, but yeah, back to... Exactly. Back to Oracles of Ages and Seasons. So that's coming out in Japan it was announced in the second Nintendo Direct, but it'll be out this month, and then Nintendo confirmed for North America that it is coming. They said so on the newly created uh, Zelda Miiverse community, but they didn't say when. They didn't say how much, because in Japan, there's something interesting where you could buy either game, or you can buy them together for a discounted price, like a two-pack. So I imagine they'll do something similar in America, but we don't know. We don't even know when they're coming, so... So it'd be
1: cool if they somehow like rework no that's a different one. I was just saying like it cool they reworked the game so that you don't have to do the code thing, it just somehow knows that you beat the game on one.
0: They might not save data. They might
1: be able to transfer the kind like data. Kinda like how on the Xbox Banjo Kazooie one and
0: two do the whole stupid
1: yeah. stoop and swoop or whatever it's called. Yeah,
0: they could probably they probably work something like that in there. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Because, like, why would they make you write down code to just open another game right I, on the I, same I, menu? I guess
1: just to make you use the 3DS feature. Like, okay, you're going to stop the screen. you they're going to require you that. I've
0: never used that notepad. Ever.
1: I think I've used it just to write down, like, IP addresses or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's, like, not that useful. But I can, I can see of doing that. Like, remember that notepad that you didn't use that's been there since March 2011 when we launched this thing? Well, now you was... have to
1: message it. they should replace uh, it with Miiverse
0: something. swap yeah. the icon out for Miiverse when they do the next firmware yeah. update yeah. hint hint Nintendo we want Miiverse on 3DS but anyway so that's uh, new games for the eShop on the 3DS Nintendo also because this entire director is ginormous also announced a couple interesting promotions worth mentioning so first up um, this is kind of a cool one if you don't have a 3DS XL Jose that's you yeah. Uh, basically, if you buy a 3DS XL and you buy Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon or Pokemon Gales to, uh, Gates to Infinity, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gate to Infinity, um, if you buy that any combo of the, you know, the system in one of those games between now or and... Or all three. Or all three between now and April 30th, you will get a free eShop download of Super Mario 3D Land, Star Fox 64, Art Academy, Freaky Forms Deluxe, or Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask. Hmm. Which is a pretty good deal. Yeah. I would be very happy to get a free copy of Professor Layton. I'm a little bummed. I understand. I would want
1: that box. I would
0: probably get Art Academy. Just that one right. Bad. Well, I, don't, I can't draw regardless. So, I don't need a game to tell me I'm bad at drawing. I know. It's
1: an academy. You you learn. They teach you. I know, Yeah, you
0: don't enroll in art school if you can't do art. You don't enroll in uh, a well, ballet well, class, if, or you don't all, enroll it's, it's in Arts One like, A. Not fine. fine. You, you, don't, enrol, you don't enroll. You <laughs> don't enroll. You enroll in Julian's like art of performance or whatever in New York. Planning to be a ballerina if you can't even keep a beat with your foot.
1: It took music appreciation. Would you call yourself a musician?
0: No, because I don't make music. I listen. I enjoy music. I'm a music listen- A connoisseur. Um, yeah, I'm not a Nintendo developer. I'm a Nintendo enthusiast who knows a little too much. About the company. Nintendo called me their stalker once. True story. I think I mentioned this before at Comic Con. I was chatting with Nintendo Rep and they literally said, I stalk them. The, the, the company, not the not the person. Although, obviously, they're joking somewhat. It's
1: kind of true. <laughs> they put, they put you on some list, probably.
0: It's kind of true. I've been blacklisted by the company. If I come within 200 yards of NOA headquarters, they send a Mario Mask SWAT team out. And they send me down They send me into a warp pipe on wheels And drive me to Seattle And say I've been warped there And I'm like no I'm like, If you like Nintendo it like you'll go something with
1: it. Someone would really want Hey that, Nintendo like...
0: once drew me into a van With the windows taped up And took away my cell phone And that is a true story <laughs> That is 100% true I feel like I've talked about this before But I played the Wii before it came but out you
1: use the word ter- ter- But you used the term through loosely right?
0: Yeah they, they they opened the door and said Please have a seat And I'm like why <laughs> thank you But no it was a, ta- it was a window It was a Van with no window, like the windows were literally taped over with black paper. They took my cell phone. They metal detected me with a wand, and then I went and played the Wii. It was all like, and I had to say a passcode for them to do this to me. I'd say Princess Peach, <laughs> and, then, and then the ball got rolling. But, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, but anyway. <laughs> So that's one promotion of the 3DS. Um, I don't even know how you said great back to that. Yeah, that's happening with the 3DS, and I'm not getting thrown into mysterious vans by Nintendo after telling them, Princess Peach. <laughs> um, but they're doing a second promotion, and honestly, it's a cool promotion for people who don't have a 3DS XL. I kind of wish they extended it back to people who do. I know, it doesn't make sense for them. Like, just if you buy Luigi's Mansion or Pokemon. Wait,
1: didn't they do that recently? Like, if you buy any of these games or Europe, Europe. you get Donkey Kong for free? Oh,
0: right, but it was download only. You got Donkey Kong Original Edition, Original Arcade Edition for free. But you had to do a download. You couldn't do a retail. This one, you can do retail or download. Yeah. But, yeah. So, if you have a 3DS XL... I mean, I've I've said it many times on the show, but I really do like the system a lot more than the original 3DS. So, you know, if you have a little extra money to throw around pretty good deal to take advantage of between now and april 30th and If you other, don't
1: have one you should probably avoid playing it because it makes your screen feel really small after you do
0: yeah yeah like when i go back to the normal ds it like or 3ds I, it feels like i'm holding like a baby ds like it, it, it's like i don't know how to describe it it's very weird but um so while us current xl owners aren't getting that deal we are getting to be part of a eShop promotion that's currently ongoing also of course normal 3ds owners are included uh, they're doing discounts on games one a week from now through the end of March. You already missed Bit Trip Saga being five dollars off, but right now you can currently get Crash Mo up through uh, February twenty seventh for three dollars off at five ninety nine. Starting on the twenty eighth, you can get Fractured Soul uh, for four dollars off at seven ninety nine. Then I'm just gonna go through the list here. Then on March seventh, uh, Sakurai Samurai will drop by two dollars to four ninety nine. March fourteenth, will see Kessel's Corridor have the same discount to four ninety nine, a two dollar price drop. And then Mutant Muds, which I highly which I recommended we talked about uh way like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that game will be dropping three dollars in price to five ninety nine on March twenty first. So that's what's happening on the eShop on the three DS, both new games, old games, all part all announced in Nintendo Direct.
1: Those are all good
0: games. Yeah, it's it's a pretty... Like, the sale's good. The upcoming slate of games is good. It really is... Like I said before, it really is a bit of a 3DS I mean, renaissance. song. if to pick
1: like, only two, I would definitely get Crash Mode and Mutant Modes. Both of them have long, long replayability. Yeah, and Crash Mode in particular... Especially after the, the DLC from Mutant Modes, I think a hard...
0: Yeah, and Crash Mode in particular uh, is a really good deal because it's $3 dollars off, which Wait, is you like... you No, but I'm saying it's a good deal oh. because it's, I don't, I'm probably going to buy it at this price, though. But it's $3 dollars off, sure. which is like over a third of the price chopped off so i think so oh wait no it's actually exactly a third of the price Never <laughs> mind, it's not over it's exact because it was nine dollars and now it's six dollars but um yeah but just generally speaking i mean i think this nintendo direct really shows that nintendo's back on it's turning its attention back to 3ds and actually taking notes from steam yeah and they're actually tag but generally like even beyond this just like all the new games too that they showed yeah they're really like they're for once actually juggling their systems properly. There's like a good slate of games coming to both Wii U, as we talked about in episode 35, and there's a good, you know, Wind Waker, Yoshi, all that, Mario, Mario Kart, all that. And there's good stuff, kind of 3DS, all simultaneously. Which means our wallets are going to cry in pain all year. But, lots of good games. Of course... That's just 3ds. The Nintendo Direct also focused on Wii U. And speaking of sales, since we were just talking about that, the uh, the eShop on the Wii U is currently having some pretty impressive sales. Um,
1: an Ubi sale.
0: An Ubi sale and a couple indie sales. By far the biggest thing is the Ubi sale, as you nicely put. It. Would that be a pun? Ubi sale, Ubisoft Ubi sale. Uh, yeah, kinda. It's a lame one, but
1: yeah, that, add to the count. One
0: guy with your clicker who's counting these off. Um, Do you say it's a hard sell? Yeah. Oh God! Anyway, um, so six of their biggest games are currently thirty percent off on the Wii U shop, which they is a huge. They assassinated prices. Not really. They really. They assassinated <laughs> prices. It's like these. It's like they took them out back, shaman and now they're coming back as zombie use. No, that doesn't work. But um, <laughs> you're gonna just dance about these prices. These marketers must be rounded. God, this is horrible. Oh uh, wait, wait, we forgot your shape. You're gonna. Forget staying in shape. Your shape's gonna explode outward into the shape of. It. I don't know. It's like you're playing sports. Connection. <laughs> okay, so we kind of alluded to all six games. Thirty percent off. You can get Assassin's Creed 3 or Zombie U for forty-two bucks, or you can get uh, Just Dance for Rabbids Land, Your Shape Fitness Evolved, or ESPN Sports Connection for thirty-five bucks. But wait, there, wait, no, there isn't. More. There isn't more. In fact, there's a big, it, uh, there's a big but that isn't more, but actually a uh, bad side of it. It ends on Tuesday, February 26th, which means if you're listening to this podcast in the (laughs) 48-hour window between when it's posted and when this ends, go buy some games. They're digital, so, you know, you're not going to get a box or anything, which actually is kind of holding me back because I personally prefer having my boxes, as I've explained many times before. But if you're indifferent to that, these are really good deals. Like, Zombie U, 42 bucks, that's cheapest you'll find it anywhere right now. And this kind of goes to what you were saying, where it's nice to see, like, a Steam-style approach to sales. Like, these are giant drops you don't see very often on nintendo system (laughs) yeah exactly this is the first time and on top of that i mean we've already talked about how like way in the past how nintendo's letting developers name their own price and do their own sales and upload their own demos and everything's a developer's choice so that means that some indie games are on sale in addition to ubis so um trying to right now is five dollars off at 14.99 and uh this deal will last till the end of the month on february 28th and it actually and just a. You know, we we talked about trying earlier this year. I want to say episode thirty three on the download. Is that the right number? Mm, maybe. <laughs> well, the episode called "On the Download." Check it out for trying two impressions. We really liked it. Um, so worth the five dollars off. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I just meant. I still like it. I'm still the entity it. of Ram Nintendo likes it. Yes.
1: It's definitely best played with more people. So. And the I have, nice... have a controller
0: pro. Yeah, I was about to say the nice thing is the game that you'd be buying now at I the discount is the you can. The update's out. I haven't been playing it because of that. Uh, well, the update's been out for a while. The update I that would we. have known. You you boot the game and it says there's an update available. <laughs> exactly. I haven't booted the game because know. the update wasn't out. Well, the update's because out. Actually, it's 22. Yeah, exactly. But you can now use the Pro Controller. You can now I wish voice the chat. The eShop would have told me, like,
1: update available. Kind of like how the 3 gives you notification. Like, oh, there's an update available for blah, Yeah, blah.
0: but because it's not really. Because the, the update system doesn't work off the eShop. It's independent. That's It's when you boot the game. It's it's more like a PC or a Mac telling you there's an update to your software than it is like an App Store, which is a mistake I think. But that's just how it's structured. All right. I, I'm just that's saying it's just a different structure than the 3DS. I agree. I think it'd be great, but um, they could probably implement it somehow. But anyway, so that's five bucks off and includes the voice chat and the Pro controller support that Jose so desperately wanted, all for five bucks less than he paid. So basically, you could you could have waited. But um, no, because then we kind of talked about it a few months ago. Or last I, month.
1: I, I don't really regret getting the games. I mean, we don't yeah. regret getting stuff no, no, right not when they come out for mm-hmm. the
0: overpriced blah, blah, blah. It's thing. not overpriced. It's properly priced. And then they go... Well, it's... Sometimes it's overpriced. It is. You're right. And the other... One other sale 3DS. I want... <laughs> yeah. But then we got 20 Ambassador games. So, that... Or... Yeah, 20. Which we only really paid, like... Two of. Well, I paid all of them. Before, I didn't. So. Uh, so I, can't I haven't yet. Mine. But anyway... Back to sales. If anything I saved? Really, money. you <laughs> back in? Back to sales. <laughs> uh, wait, what were you saying? You saved? My- oh yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. But uh, the other deal currently of note on the Wii U E Shop, which is even more insane, all equally insane to Ubisoft, more insane. Actually, no, not more insane than Ubisoft. Anyway, my Switch Force Hyperdrive Edition fifty fifty percent off from now to the end of the month. That means it is a whopping five dollars, which is nothing. I down when we were talking last night, me and Jose about. Um, this episode and what we were gonna talk about and whatnot because we plan things we're we're efficient like that, and he just randomly was like, oh by the way, uh, my Switch Force is like fifty percent off, and I just downloaded it. I just went down no hesitation. So I have yet to play it, but I expect impressions in the next episode probably. And I recommend, well, I can't recommend if you download it yet, but. If you want to take a leap of faith, it is a good game. I know that. So if yeah, you want to take the leap of faith, is really, really good. yeah. Oh yeah, you have you played 3ds yeah, one. It's good. So take the leap of faith, buy it five bucks or pay ten bucks. I mean, I thought it was a little short,
1: and then they released extra levels, and now it doesn't feel short. Yeah. But this one has even more levels. So yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, while we're on the topic of Wii U Shop, I guess now's a good time to segue into the Nintendo Direct news about the Wii U eShop. because there was some, not as much as 3ds, but there's definitely some. Uh, first, Nintendo confirms their release dates for. 3D or sorry Wii U games that we already knew were coming. So we now know Runner 2, the new Bit Trip game will be out very soon actually, next week, February 28th. Similarly Zen Pinball 2 is promised by the end of, the, of February, end of the month, which by definition would have to be next Thursday as well. So that's going to be a pretty big Thursday. Um we also know that Toki Tori 2. Everything has twos. Runner 2, Zen Pinball 2, Toki Tori 2. Toki Tori 2 is now slated for March. So I guess it's still making the launch window at least as of now. Uh, they also announced the release date for Wii Street U, which is the uh, Google Street View app for the Wii U. And that launch date was immediately. It's now out. It's uh they it literally came out like minutes after the Nintendo Direct ended. And you know, it's it's pretty cool. I mean I guess we both have used it. I guess now would be a good time to talk, you know, share impressions of it. It's not really what we're playing, it's more like what we've used. Um
1: it's Google Maps, but on the we. It's
0: Street View on the Wii. Yeah, it's Google Maps on the U. But they did some interesting things, like uh, they have guided tours, where basically it's a list of twenty or twenty five. I
1: wouldn't say so much. It's not guided,
0: guided in a definition of the word. You can
1: go wherever you want and still get lost. But
0: they have blue paths that you can follow. If you look on your TV when you're doing well, it,
1: well, the blue paths are just where you can go. Not no, too much.
0: not but they're not blue when you do. It. If you go to a random address, there's just that. There's just a. The path in front of you. When you go to the guided tours, the path turns blue, implying these are areas we recommend you look at. Uh, for some reason... I don't think they're blue throughout.
1: I feel like they
0: were... I don't know. I, I Maybe not. I just remember I've seeing it and going, blown, huh. I've
1: done a ton of guided tours and maybe like one or two non-guided tours, but I feel like there was always a... A blue? A path or
0: something. Oh, there's a path, but it's like a kind of see-through-y gray. Oh, maybe you're right. And then it's blue when it's a guided tour. Oh, well, if that's the case. I think, awesome. But yeah, they have 20 or 25... So do these tours because they yeah. kind of went the
1: other way. Sometimes. But they
0: have 20 or 25 different guided tours which you can access through the main menu. No, and these are... there
1: 25?
0: Are there? Okay, like 50, 30, 40. But anyway, they have a huge number of various cities, various locations. The Great Barrier Reef is a really cool one that I recommend. I even, I said on Miiverse that it's like, this is super awesome. Like, do this tour. It's, uh, you go underwater, you swim with turtles. Off in the comfort of your living room while staying dry. Yeah. Yeah, but um, they also, it was also kind of cool, because one of the guys... You get to see your house. Yeah, but you can do that on your computer. Yeah, but not with the Wii U. That's true, but...
1: Um, you get to like, move around like you're really on the street. Sort of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, like, like you're on your street holding a tablet in front of you.
0: Yeah, but it, it was neat that, like... Because this came out right after I came back from my Italy, Israel trip, and one of the guy tours was Ven- was uh, Florence, Italy, which I spent a day in. So it was really cool to, like, just go right back where I was, like, walk the exact same path I walked. I know it sounds like super kind of like lame and cliche, but it was just kind of neat to be like, I was just there. But, um, yeah, so the interface itself, like you said, it's kind of like you're there in the sense that it's a lot like Panorama View, which not very many people got to play because it was never released, at least not yet. But I tried at Con Con last year. Basically, it's like you're in a little bubble. So you have the gamepad in front of you and you pivot left, right. You pivot up, down. You look around. You spin around and it will move with you. If you prefer not to move the controller, you can just move the stick to do the same motions. You hit, I believe, A to go forward in whatever direction you're facing if there's an arrow allowing you to go down that path. And, yeah, it's basically street view, but it's controlled very smoothly with the gyro of the Wii. The only pad.
1: thing I think they could have gotten better is the looking around. Like, if you're not going to move around with the gyro, you yeah. have to move with the analog, but the analog kind of... It's finicky a little. It, it resets to the neutral position every single time. So if you're going in a straight, yeah. if you're going straight and then all of a sudden the street curves... You're gonna to have to turn the 3DS to where the street curves. Otherwise, you're gonna to have to keep Wii holding U, the anim- Wii, U, Wii U, the Wii U gamepad. You're gonna to have to keep holding the gamepad in that direction where the street curves. Otherwise, you're gonna to have to, like, hold yeah. But the I, I wonder that if direction.
0: that's a, I wonder if that's a problem with Google Street View technology because I feel like that's how it is on Google Maps. Like, if you look at Street View of your house on Google Maps, and let's say your house is to the left of the Google car, I don't think you can hold it on your house you have to keep clicking. Like, I don't think you'll magically hold. It. I think you have to hold down the mouse, and if you let go, it'll go back to the direction it was facing. Really? Maybe, we could try think it right so.
1: now. I, I think you just kind of go to it. And that's you might certain. be
0: right. Actually, you might be right. Actually, I'm not I, sure.
1: I don't even remember everybody scrolling around like up in that many directions like the gamepad. You
0: you can uh you can look up and down with Google Maps. I don't think you can go quite as high up or quite as straight down, but you can do a little movement for sure. Oh, wait a minute. That's cool. Yeah, no, the the thing is – and the nice thing is and on the TV, as you're doing your street viewing, you have a view of the city. You have a city map, and it can be just like a data-driven map with, you know um, – you know vectors and whatnot, or you can do satellite view, or if you want to show what you're sh- looking at on Google Maps, you are uh, on the gamepad. You could switch the screens, and either have the map on your touchscreen, or you can have it mirrored on both screens. I think yeah. you got the map on the touchscreen. Yeah. Mean, so it's, it's it's cool in the sense that like it's fun to mess with, but I do not see how this is practical for any use beyond the two minutes. Like, oh, this is neat. Or maybe the half an hour of exploring some cities you've always wanted to see.
1: I mean, just classify this under why not.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) and here's the thing, it's free temporarily. It's free for the first, however long, the first month or two maybe. So go download it, play with it. It's fun to mess with. It's just not like a killer app by any means. It's just a fun little toy. Yep. With that said though, I really wish, they made a Miiverse community for it, which is nice because you talk about cool things to see, but I really wish they included screenshot functionality for this app.
1: We Street View does
0: it. not. I'm guessing oh. because I don't want you posting anything offensive because some of the stuff on Street View isn't the most pleasant to or, see. Or like, oh, don't post your house. Or don't post your house. Yeah, I'm or sure someone's house. Yeah, there's privacy. I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> this is your house, isn't yeah. it? Well, hey, Nintendo already threw me in a van, so clearly they don't care about my privacy. Well, I'm like you can't post
1: an address.
0: <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, um, but I'm it's probably privacy, right, more so than yeah. than offensive yeah. images. But either way, screenshots. would have really, you know, done a little more, but still, it's a fun toy. So check it out. Um. Bigger news than that, than we Street U, is Nintendo announced a very big... This is the last of Nintendo Direct, and it's also a very nice bookend for all the Nintendo Direct news, because it brings us back to the year of Luigi. And that is, Nintendo announced, um, the year... The, uh, sorry, New Super Luigi U DLC for New Super Mario Brothers U. Basically, it's a full-fledged expansion pack for a game, 80-plus levels reworked, only featuring Luigi, no Mario, um... Basically, it's going to be like the same worlds as what you already have, just new level design. And Iwata said that this is essentially like they're building an entirely new game. So it's going to take a little while, but when it hits, it'll be eShop only, and it'll be a full expansion, and quite frankly, it will be how all DLC should be done. This is how you do it. I don't care if it's 20 bucks, which it probably will be. This is how you do it. You release a full-fledged game, then a year later you come back and go, hey guys, check this out. Whole new game, basically, on the same engine. Like, I could see them very easily doing this for a couple years. They could do like a Peach one in 2014. They could do Toads in 2015. Uh, like, they can easily extend the life of this game and stay treated. One for at... each Toad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, could, they, they, could do they could do a Wario World-ish. Like Wario Land style one of sorts. Like, they can... Nintendo likes to I say know, they only... Work. Yeah, You never know. <laughs> Nintendo likes to say they only do one 2D Mario per platform. Here's how you extend the life and keep making money off it and make it a true evergreen title. Is you keep doing these every year. Like, it, it's really smart. And plus, the fans are happy because it's basically a whole new game. Same that's engine, true. sure. And half it's the, like half the price of, assuming it's for like 20 bucks. I mean, with the exception of the challenges I haven't been to do in that game
1: anymore since I first uh, five started.
0: Yeah. So. It's like, so, yeah, every year you get free. You get, not free, but you get a big update. Yep. It's like releasing a whole new game at a of price.
1: I it is free for the first day.
0: It won't it be. be. Yeah. There's no way it will be. But that's it for Nintendo Direct. Although, there's still a lot of other news. Um... From mostly from third parties, but Nintendo did make one announcement through Koro Koro Magazine in Japan, which is basically Japan's main source for all Pokemon news. Uh, and that was, there's a new Pokemon Rumble coming to the Wii U, and guess what it's called?
1: Pokemon Rumble U?
0: Yeah, because they're creative. They didn't call it Pokemon Rumble with a lowercase r, capital U, which would have been so much better. No. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's here. it's a new int- entry in the Pokemon Rumble series. Naturally, the first one, as you may recall, was on WiiWare. Then they released, and it was download only. Then released Pokemon Rumble Blast on 3DS, and that was in stores and eShop. And now this is back on eShop. It's basically the same game. You still have toy Pokemon fighting each other. The the twists this time are all 649 Pokemon that are currently in the world of Pokemon. You know, uh, Red and Blue all the way through Black and White will be in this game in one way or another. You can have a hundred of them battling at a one moment. And it'll have four-player support of first for the series. Oh. So that's set to hit spring in Japan. It hit in spring in Japan. No word on a Western release, but considering the other games came over here pretty quick, I imagine we'll see it on the Wii U eShop probably late spring, early summer is my guess. And my only thought on this is Nintendo, do what the people really want. Stop making Pokemon Rumble and make a new Pokemon Snap already. The gamepad is the perfect viewfinder. Just do it, please. I will throw money at you to make this happen. And by money, I mean I'll throw whatever the MSRP is and not anything more because I can't fund your development. But do it. Oh, snap. No, that doesn't work because there was no moment where you're like, oh, snap. Unless like, oh, snap. He's bossing around Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. Jason taking initiative. I don't know. Not really, <laughs> just just expressing my opinion as a diehard Pokemon Snap lover. But yeah, so that's uh, that's all for first party Nintendo news. We got yes. Nintendo Direct, which somehow took us a very long time to talk about. Plus, we have uh, all that, or not all that, but we also have Pokemon Rumble U, and that's just strategy. that's that's pretty much what's in store for the 3DS and yeah. a little bit of Wii. But the Wii is getting that's a lot a nice
1: th- picture of what we're expect.
0: Yeah, but the Wii is getting a lot more than that. A lot of third-party news came out in the last couple of weeks. It's actually good news. We were very doom and gloom about third parties in the last few episodes, but now things are a little better. It's obviously not as good as it could be, but they're going in the right direction. Arguably, the biggest news is Watch Dogs, the very highly anticipated Ubisoft game from the developers of Assassin's Creed, is um, among others, is heading to Wii U officially. Uh, retailers started posting pre-order pages for the game before it was confirmed like all of them had it and then ubisoft tucked the announcement into the bottom of ps4 press release in the press release, wasn't
1: there also bands that like oh, available
0: for all all home consoles which means it's coming to the wii well within reason it's not going to the wii (laughs) but they just meant current gen all home consoles you want to call them out on it be my guest they would argue that they meant like i'm sure there's an NES, yeah (laughs) atari 2600 but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, no. So it's kind of funny how they announced it because it was they showed off new Watch Dogs footage at the PlayStation 4 unveiling, and then Ubisoft put out a press release like Watch Dogs coming to PS4, and they had this whole paragraph. Kinda kinda, if like, you
1: want to, yeah, what and
0: literally know? it's like at the bottom it's like Watch Dogs will also be available for the PS3, the Xbox 360, and the Wii U, as if it's like already known. So. Hey! All that matters to me is we're getting the game because I was super, 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 super excited about this game at last E3, and I can't—I want this whole rant about how knees come to Wii U. It's made for the controller. It's so perfect for the gamepad, and now it's happening. And just as a refresher for those of you who may not know much about Watch Dogs, here's why it's perfect for the gamepad. Watch Dogs is basically an open-world game. You—it's kind of like Assassin's Creed in some ways in terms of how like things will play out, but it's set in a futuristic Chicago where everything's interconnected. You are a hacker who has access to all this from your smartphone, which could be the gamepad. It's so perfect. So, like, you well, can... How it
1: not just turn into a bunch of, like, pointless
0: games. Oh, it won't be. Well, didn't you see the, the footage from the PlayStation 4 event? It wasn't a game at all.
1: No, because it's on the
0: gamepad. Oh, no, no, no. I... I don't even think they need to. I mean,
1: not that the ones in Zombie were bad at all. I mean, they kind of worked I, Yeah, it, but I what hope if
0: everything just went to like a quick tapping I don't, event or something? I'm hoping it won't be that. I'm hoping, they don't do, I'm hoping they don't do it like that. I just want the interface of his phone on the gamepad. So instead of like walking past someone and having an X pop, like a little button icon pop up that shows you can press something to interact, just have the gamepad have an icon appear and you press it with your finger like you would a smartphone app. Like, it doesn't have to do any crazy things. Just mimic like what well, a futuristic Android or iPhone would be like. Like that interface. No. That'd be, you know, with a hint of the hacker look. That'd be cool. But anyway, what the game is so, like I said, it's open world. You're in a futuristic Chicago, and you're this vigilante who basically uses his phone to get everything done. So you can control streetlights, trains. You have access to private data of individuals. They showed in a trailer that he, like, hacked a guy. He walked past a guy, hacked him, and then took money out as him from the ATM. And then, like, went on a firefight with some other guy, and then had to jump on a train to avoid the cops. Well, he jumped on the tra- and he had to, to jump on a train. You hack the train, so you stop the train, you get on the train, and it starts again. And of course, at one point, to dodge the cops and he was running, he had the little parking barricade shoot up out of the ground, and the cop car smashed into it, flipped over all in real time. It was, it was It's cool. It's a cool game. It's hard to describe because Ubisoft's basically emphasizing it's all about the risks of interconnected societies and whatnot, but they're not really showing anything beyond, like, the basic gameplay. I mean, it, no idea what the actual plot is. No idea what I mean, you're but just actually like doing.
1: From what we've, it just looks like a modern-day Assassin's Creed.
0: It, yeah, but with the hacking.
1: Exactly. Modern-day.
0: Oh, yeah. no, well, more, like, slightly futuristic. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Seems like it's, it seems like it's Assassin's Creed. But like, with, the way like,
1: that he, like, runs
0: around. Like, it's Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I think it's the same engine or a similar engine. I think it's basically Assassin's Creed with a plot line of, like, and like not like a the government like Big Brother's watching you almost plotline, combined with that hackery, hacking hacking stu- hackery. But like I, I mean, they haven't revealed anything in terms of how the game, like the structure of the game, or at least I don't think they have, or like what you're actually going to do, like what this guy's specific story is. So we'll see. But I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. One game I'm less excited about, but still worth mentioning, is Activision and Rovio are bringing the Angry Birds trilogy to Wii U and Wii. As you may recall, that game hit 3DS last September, and it has since gone on to sell a million units on 3DS, Xbox 360, and PS3. Wow. So, which is crazy if you think about it, because it's Angry Birds, Angry Birds Rio, and Angry Birds Seasons, which are 3 bucks in total on tablets and smartphones. For 40 bucks, 700 levels, that normally cost you 3 bucks cost you $40, bucks. are not as intuitive to play on at least the HD consoles because they don't have touch. And yet, it sells a million units. I don't understand this at all. But anyway, it's kind of Wii U and Wii, where I think the controls might make a little more sense on Wii U because you have the gamepad. On Wii, I guess they can mimic how they use the Move on PS3 and let you uh, use the Wii mode almost like a virtual finger that is in midair. Well,
1: like a thing shot. I mean, yeah, kind of like how they did um, World of Goo. I kind of like
0: Actually, it. yeah, that would work great now that I think about it. But yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do that. But those games will be hitting the Wii family. Or that game, Angry Birds Trilogy, will be hitting the Wii family uh, sometime this year. They didn't really say when. Similarly, uh, we're going to be seeing a couple indie games hitting the, the Wii U sometime this year with no real concrete date. Uh, first up on the – well, actually, both of them. I think I just said they were indie. Did I just say they were indie? Yeah, you did. They're indie. Let me reemphasize. These games are indie. So first up, actually, both of them are interesting because they're both inspired by classic 90s genres that have kind of died out that they're bringing back with modern graphics. So first up, we have the just-announced Dusty Raging Fist, which... Because we definitely need
1: more angry people in the eShop. Ken's Rage. fist. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Ken's
0: Rage. I forgot about that. Fist of
1: the North Star. Yeah. Raging Fist.
0: Yes. Everyone, there are a lot of fists flailing and flying and punching and whatnot but so this is uh it's being developed by a team in singapore and it's actually it's made to harken back to the days of, like double dragon and golden axe and you play as a you it has co-op but you play as one guy flying wave after wave of me 2d side scrolling they just swapped out the sprite work for kind of flash animation looking hd graphics kind of like shank so, it, it's 2d still isn't shank 3d shank is 2d then maybe it's kind of like Shank. What's the art, gr- what's the art style, of Shank? I don't think it has the same art it's style. Like flash animation. Then maybe it's kind of like Shank. I like the Way of the Ninja. There's
1: those names by. There's, those, there's the game, or like well, kind of like Wakamele.
0: Yeah, is I guess. Know what are you talking about? No, I know Shank though. No, I'm trying to think if the art style is the same or not because I don't remember what Shank looks like. I
1: look very, I look like it looked very. It looked like I don't even know how to describe well, it. Well, either way, you could check it's out. 2D. <laughs> well,
0: how about this? We have uh, if you go to episode 37 where we list all the contents of this episode. Uh, time-stamped, as we always do. Um, so you can jump to exactly what you want to see. Uh, or here.
1: You should take a stab at it.
0: Anyway, if you go there and you click the link to Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Life, who revealed this game on Friday, they, uh, have screenshots you, you can see for yourself. But, um, yeah, the game's actually, it's interesting because the game is coming to PC and Mac via Steam this spring. But it's actually a different game. In the same year, it's called Dusty Revenge. And then we're getting this prequel to Dusty Revenge in the fall. So they're doing kind of a one-two punch. No pun intended that time, I swear. <laughs> but that that's uh, Dusty Raging Fist. It's you know, just another, what looks like a strong indie game. Hanging the Wii U shop, so it's worth mentioning. One that I'm particularly excited about, though, and this is the other one that combines an old genre with current graphics, is 90s Arcade Racer. So this game has kind of an interesting backstory. It was, um, there's a Greek indie developer, one guy, named uh, Antonios Pelicanos. I feel like I butchered that. And he kickstarted this game. And the the project exceeded its Kickstarter goal one day early. It had five days to reach goal to Day and four. And then uh, Nicholas, the, de- the developer and publisher of Cave Story and Icachan and Night Sky approached him about helping with the game. And he said, sure. So basically what's happening now is you got this game with the which is um, an ode to, as the name implies, an ode to 90s arcade racers. So he's this guy's into you know Daytona USA Virtual Racer that sort of thing, and he's taking that Cruising course. Cruising USA, probably. Yeah, I'd say that's the same. I mean, that's why I'm excited because I used to love, I used to love like the Cruising series, the Rush series, uh, Daytona, all that. I used to. There was an arcade where I lived as a kid, Cyber Station, run by Namco, and they had all these games, and they, I used to play them like all the time. I used to rent Rush Two for the N64, like all. The time more to the point where you'd think I would have just bought it, but I was like eight and didn't. a right?
1: rush out of it. I
0: got a rush out of it, yeah. But God, but um, <laughs> so I'm super pumped about this because this is like right at my eye because he's taking that gameplay of those games and combining it with the car models and the vibrant graph and you know and the graphics of today, but keeping the vibrancy and the feel of then. Does that make sense? Like it's a mashup. So Nicholas is now lending development resources to get this done. He'll continue to do like the artistic vision and. All that, but they'll have their develop. Nicholas will have its developers on, it and because Nicholas is helping, that means it's now coming to eShop as well as a whole bevy of other platforms like App Store and Steam and whatnot. So that should be outlayers here. They're going to use the gamepad in some way. They didn't say how. This is also the case for uh, Dusty Rage and Fist, where they don't know how they're going to use the gamepad, if at all. If at all, well, they will in some way. Just mimic the TV for all yeah, TV yeah. Maybe. But well, 90s Arcade Racer might go a little beyond that. They said the they wheel? what? Yeah, they said they're considering <laughs> the, 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 the whole um, the, the whole touchscreen would just be. It's not gonna. it's not gonna. Yeah, off. yeah. They, I mean, they they, uh, Arcade Racers team said they're considering three things right now. One is obviously off-TV play. The other is a steering wheel, like you said. You would probably use gyro, and then I guess honk with the touchscreen. <laughs> and the third one is a rear view mirror, which actually is kind of a neat idea because uh, the old '90s arcade ones you used to have to hit a button on the thing to it's make the only pop
1: up. Racing has a rear view mirror, but it's not. That useful. I yeah. still find myself pressing the button yeah. because the rearview mirror is kind of small and it looks kind of blurry.
0: Well, yeah, because they have the map too, but they they don't sound like they're going to do a map for Nights nice Arcade Racer. So if it's just a constant rearview mirror, that might actually yeah. Be I mean, kind especially if
1: it's like developed from the beginning, I right? Mean
0: not just like, yeah. like
1: oh, here's a rearview mirror.
0: Yeah, but like I said, I'm super excited about this because I love those arcade racers. In fact, I'm actually really excited about racers in general. I mean, Need for Speed Most Wanted. I'm also looking forward to that one. And Criterion, Criterion, who did the game? They're the ones developing. The Wii U version. They're not outsourcing it. It's not like a bad, crappy late port. They are on top of it. They are. They recently Check showed. They it it started
1: over. It's like, you know.
0: Yeah, literally. They well, they didn't start over. But oh, they yeah. just picked up where they left off instead yeah, of just stopping like and going. This
1: is how do we make this game good?
0: Yeah, because uh, Alex Ward, who's one of their head uh, developers there, he was saying that it'd be embarrassing to release it on Wii U after PS3 and 360 with no changes or no enhancements or nothing Wii U friendly. So what they did, we talked about this before, but uh, their, the gamepad's going to be used for either you know you can have your map and whatnot or if you have a second player one person's with the wemo and the other person does co-driver mode where they can could... or can you also
1: use a controller pro you
0: can use any, yeah you can use like oh. a combination of controllers i think you could yeah yeah but so the person in co-driver mode he can like uh change your car for you he can stop traffic he can stop cops he can switch day to night which by the way uh criterion says it's the best night mode they've ever made in any game in terms of graphics and part of the reason of that is because um uh, most wanted for wii u or as they're now calling it most wanted U? actually has the best graphics overall out of the console versions what they did is instead of up instead of pouring over ps3 and 360s versions they used the extra memory of the wii u to down scale the pc version so the wii u one sits somewhere between the very high spec pc version and the console and its console counterparts so like the textures are way better the draw distance is better the frame rate is is uh better it's just overall, it's Man, you really me to want this game. Overall, it's the it. Yeah, this is what they were telling. To better comes on the same day as Monster Hunter. Yeah, well, I'm getting this for sure. But they, um... yeah, Criterion was like so proud. of this. They held a press event and had all the press come and try it out. Which you know, for EA, who's been kind of iffy on Wii U, I mean, they aren't even bringing the the uh, Mass Effect 3 DLC to Wii U. They've announced or that, the trilogy or the trilogy. But you know, for the for only a company, way I would turn Mass Effect. Right, but for a company that's like kind of you know, no Tiger Woods this year. Maybe Nomad, and for a company that's been very iffy about the Wii U, it's nice to see them publish this game that has so much uh, extra shine put on it. But yeah, back to co-driver mode. Um, like I mentioned, so you have the co-drivers, and it isn't just a simple, like, oh, we need, you know, we want to, like, sh- slap on some co-op thing. They said that what they did is they read all the Iwata Asks interviews where they talked about the philosophy of the Wii U, and then they waited till the system was out, played it at home, played, like, New Super Mario Brothers U and that sort of thing, and then went back to the, the, you know, back to work and said, okay, we need to do something following that philosophies for Ryu. So they internally call this co-driver mode, father and son mode. Because they imagine, you know, it'd be like a dad helping his kid play or whatever. and So
1: it's like you're a dad running away from the cops with your kid.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the passenger seat. Exactly. But there's one, well, no, other way around. The kid's driving and you're the one that has, it's like driving school. The kid's driving, or you're driving, but the, the structure has that extra brake pedal. That's true.
1: They would have the gun.
0: Yeah, and the extra I don't think and the extra brake pedal—that was my point. Yeah, yeah. But um, in fact, I read it in one interview. I don't know. If, I didn't see this anywhere else. So I don't know if it's true. But apparently, the person with the gamepad can even take control of the car if the, if the person driving the car needs help. So that's kind of neat. Like it's one of those things. That, like he, I might not need it, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, like, who's gonna? If not, I'm, I'm gonna have someone sitting next to me at all times. But like, imagine if you had, like, kid, mm, you're like an eight year old kid. It'd idea. be super fun. Or yeah, even us too. It'd be super fun. So I'm. I'm kind of like all amped up right now because I'm really like it's really cool to see a developer actually care. And similarly, it's also um, the first Wii U third party game to use Miiverse. Uh Part of the reason they delayed it and instead originally the rumors were true, originally it could have been out on launch day, but they wanted to wait for the online infrastructure to become clear since they have auto log, which is this whole very deep in game thing where you get notifications and ghost rates and all this other stuff. So they waited. And by waiting, they were able to do the MeVerse integration. So it's go work kind of like Mario U or Nintendo Land, where when you um, have an achieve when you achieve an achievement <laughs> on the uh, Autolog, when Autolog has you complete a challenge, you'll have the option to post it to MeVerse. That challenge that you c- that message will be tagged with the challenge you completed. You could click tag, view people that also completed it, that sort of thing. Plus they're gonna do things like uh, you know you can share screenshots. You can do- your memes will be on billboards around town, like all sorts of little things like that. So it's kind of cool that they actually took the time to really use all the features of the wii u to their full extent so you
1: need nfc
0: yeah but no one's no one's doing nfc as i told i'm so proud of this. as i told jeff Keeley of spike tv and game trailers uh, on twitter the other day and then he retweeted uh not to humble brag um not very humble brag just straight up brag uh nfc's not coming until the end of the year so for wii u really at least nintendo's first party efforts but going back to Need for, for a sec, I just want to make a point that this, this is how third parties should do <laughs> Wii U games. I'm serious. Like, it, I understand. So i we got, we have how you should do DLC and how you should yes, do third Yes, because it's suddenly, everyone, it's like clicking with people. Nintendo gets DLC, Criterion in particular gets, um, being a third party. Being a third party. I mean, their last game for Nintendo was Burnout 2 on the GameCube. And the GameCube one many considered the best. Of the three, because it, it apparently was built natively for GameCube and then poured to the other two. Oh. So these guys have kind of had an interesting time. But you know, Nintendo's path diverged from what Criterion wanted to do. They went with HD, Nintendo went with Wii. But now that they're back together, it's kind of cool. But seriously, this is how I do it. Like if you have a delayed port, I can understand. I mean, I would rather not have a delayed port. But if you have a delayed port, you better do it like this and have all these cool features. And speaking of delays, transition time. Check out this awesome transition. Speaking of delays, remember Rayman Legends? Remember that game that got delayed? There's yeah. a whole uproar, and Ubisoft became Ubisoft, and everyone was mad. Why? Because it was delayed seven months, even though it was finished. Right. Well, Ubisoft heard you, or more appropriately, the developers over at Ubisoft Montpelier or whatever. Montpelier? I think it's... Yeah, but it's French. It's like Montpelier or whatever. I probably butchered that. Uh, now, they now we pronounce it however we want. We're Mer- It's America. We do what we want. But they, uh, <laughs> they heard the cries and anger and whatnot, and they responded with a very cool freebie for Wii U owners. So Rayman if Legends. I think, I think
1: this is a good thing. Now we get a game eventually and a
0: free cool mode. Yeah, well the mode will be in the final game we're just getting it early. Cuz what we what we what they're doing is they're pulling the challenge mode from Rayman's Legend. Rayman oh. Legends out of the game and giving it to Wii U owners like 6 months in advance. But so what was when we get the game? I don't know. Maybe it is a separate mode, but they made it sound like it was a mode they were planning anyway. It sounds like it's a mode that's in there, but I feel like it's going to be
1: different levels. Probably. So we're getting a special
0: version. But yeah, they're pulling it out. And it's assume it... that
1: the people that are downloading it, it's for the people that... I mean, they did it for the people that were going to buy it. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, I
0: don't know. And that's a marketing move, because well, they had yeah. very bad PR. Yeah. Well, yeah but, but, so what is is it's this challenge mode that the will update for the But I mean, why game. are they pleading? fans.
1: Well, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what what it is, it'll be free, it'll be on the eShop, you download it, and you'll have access to five levels, and um, each of these levels will have weekly and daily challenges that the developers push them, because it'll be online enabled. So you get these new challenges, and you complete them in the five different levels, or five different locations, as they put one of which will, be, will remain a Wii exclusive, Wii U exclusive, and that's the dungeon level, where uh, you use the gamepad to interact with the environment, you control Murphy, the little firefly fairy thing. Basically... The original demo of Rayman, where you had the level where you were doing the asymmetric gameplay with uh, Murphy and not doing the other stuff—that it's that environment, but in a new way. So these, I shouldn't call them levels. There's common environments because there'll be different challenges, different goals, different obstacles that they'll push to the game. And when you complete them, you're then ranked on a leaderboard. You can at any time go back and look at a history of all the challenges you completed. The developers will be ha- will be on those leaderboards and you know interacting. All the challenges could be either single player or up to five players. It's like a full-fledged little Rayman game. And it'll be completely free when it comes out in early April. Which is a very nice gesture from the Ubisoft developers. I feel like the developers did this more than Ubisoft. Ubisoft were like, yeah, 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 we'll give you a demo. And then, we hear you, we'll give you a demo. An exclusive second demo. And then these guys, I think, were more like, no, no, no. Let's give them a mode. So, it's cool that you can, like, go back and see everything you've done. And obviously the challenges will rotate out. Like, they all have end dates. So those five environments will stay the same... But what you do in them will change on a very regular basis. Oh. So it's like an ongoing, growing thing. Which hopefully, and hopefully this doesn't happen. Because you're saying what happens, you know, when they pull the, when the final game comes out. Presumably, if they're updating this in real time, they could just pull the cord. And it'd be like a dead, it'd be like dead software. It doesn't do anything. It would
1: just turn into a demo. That or it, not any... even, it would
0: just be nothing. It could just say the challenges are over. There's nothing you can do with the software anymore. Oh. Hopefully that's not the case. But I, that would actually be really smart for, on their part. Let you enjoy it for six months. And if you want to keep going, you have to go buy the, fine, the full game and get all the other stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: But still, very, very nice gesture from the developers. And uh you know, I'd rather have the full game, but take what you can get. That's it for third party Wii U news. Um we still have more news, though. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we've talked Nintendo Direct, we've talked third party games. Now of course, as we do every month when NPD releases its sales numbers, it's adjacent sales corner. This one's a little briefer. Uh Nintendo didn't actually release their own number. In briefer
1: he means like half an hour long.
0: No, not even. It's like a couple minutes. Um, more than a couple. Like, five or six minutes. So basically, here, here's what happened. So NPD released their January 2013 numbers. Uh, January 2013 was what they call a five-week period of reporting. Uh, normally, obviously, January is a, I mean, a four-week month, not a five-week. So uh, these numbers are slightly skewed. Like, what NPD does is every few years to match up, because they do exactly four weeks. They don't do, like, exactly a month. So to match up all these dates and numbers and whatnot, they adjust, which means they have these five-week periods. So, you, you, you know, there were headlines posted like, uh, the industry sales were up 9% in January, which sounds great until you realize there's that extra week, and when you, like, normalize the numbers and take away that extra week, then you see that software was actually down 19%, which is much more realistic given that there were no new releases in January besides um, Devil May Cry on the PS3 and 360, which came in, like, sixth place on the chart. So when you look at the chart as a whole, it's basically the same software we saw in December. It's kind of like a copy-paste job. You have Black Ops 2 at number one, you have Just Dance 4 and Assassin's Creed 3, Skylanders, Giants, all on the charts. No Nintendo exclusives this month made the chart. Um, But of course, what we're most interested in is Nintendo, and specifically the Wii U. Uh, Presumably, due to poor numbers, Nintendo chose not to release any MPD figures. Because how it works is MPD provides these numbers to all the companies and then the companies choose if they want to release them publicly it used to be that mpd would, or not, yeah it used to be that mpd released the numbers for hardware and the top 10 software publicly but then the companies basically said no 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 no, no stop doing that we're paying for them stop it so that's what they did as such we don't have three ds numbers this month we don't have ds or Wii, and what we do have is only we numbers that thanks to the internet were leaked by cnet originally and cnet's a reputable source they're a big tech site so it's probably true and what it comes down to, and this is why Nintendo didn't release them, is in January, the Wii U moved 57,000 units during that five-week period. That means per week, it sold 11,400 units. Wow. Now, to give some perspective, because, I mean, yeah, that sounds low, but, you know, if you don't know much about sales numbers, what does that mean? Like, oh, 11,000, that's more than 5,000. That's good, right? Not exactly. Um, the number, the, the gang at uh Gamasutra who do all these like sales data charts and reports, they crunched some numbers about the Wii U and actually came to some interesting conclusions. And that's that, that and that's uh, that the Wii U numbers are in fact really low. So if you didn't go, whoa, when you heard the number, I'll pause for a second and let you go, whoa. Okay, did you, whoa? Good. All right, so <laughs> uh, basically what they did is they compared the worst weeks of every console in the last two generations, in their time as, like, the console of the company. For example, they looked at, like, the Wii's worst week before the Wii U came out, or the GameCube's worst week before the Wii came out and replaced it, or the PS2's worst week before the PS3 came out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so they looked at all that, and what they saw, you know, and and it gives a good perspective of how the Wii U is doing. So the PS2, for example, its lowest sales week, and they looked at weekly numbers, specifically, like a weekly. They looked at the month and then broke it down, you know, divide by four to get the number of weeks or whatever. So, in the case of PS2, um, its weakest number back in 2000, during the high of its shortages, right after it came out, was 46,900 units per week. Reminder the Wii U sold 57,000 for the whole five week period, and this is 46,900 per week. So, that, should give, that was the best of the worst, so to speak. If you look at some of the other ones, you know, you get stuff a little more realistic, a little more down-to-earth. You have PS3 selling not, about 20,000 units during its first summer when it was still $599, which is, you know, about double what the Wii is doing now. And that was at PS3's worst. So those comparisons, you know, people are always like, well, PS3, recovered; it, it was already at double. Like less than half of that price I know. Now. Yeah. Um, the original Xbox following its launch before it had a price cut and really like picked up momentum. That saw also about 20,000. PS3 was at uh, 19,700 at worse. Original Xbox was at 19,400. 360, right? No, original Xbox. Oh. Original Xbox. I'm just pulling some, like, giving you a sense of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just picking... You can view all these numbers. I linked to the article, once again, on episode 37, po- on the episode 37 post on the site. But, you know, it's just to give you a feel. What really, what's really of interest, because I was like, oh, well, Nintendo's kind of its own path. So here's Nintendo's numbers. The worst GameCube week ever was a total of 8,100 units. Whoa. That's less than what the Wii U sold, right? So that, that can't be too bad, right? And then the Wii's worst week was 11,800. That, it's very close to what the Wii U sold this month, right? Only 400 different, right? That can't be too bad. Except, here's the catch. Both of those numbers I just listed were from the month before their successor came out. It's like six years into their life. The GameCube's worst month was literally the October before the Wii. The Wii's worst, uh, sorry, Wii's worst month was last October, a month before the Wii U. So basically, the Wii U's best we or the Wii U's January week weekly number is currently sandwiched between the absolute low point of the GameCube at its, the end of its life and the absolute low point of the Wii at the end of its life. And this is the third month of the Wii U's life. Hopefully, that paints a bit more of an accurate picture of how low these numbers are. It's doing as badly. As the GameCube did on its last legs and as the Wii did on its last legs as the lead console for Nintendo. So wow. it's kind—it's of, pretty doom and gloom, right? But the upside is there is still a little hope because, yeah, you know, we have these really abysmal uh, weekly sales numbers. But if you look overall at how the Wii is doing in the three months it's been out, uh, it's actually pretty much in line with other systems in North America. So since launch Wii U, or through January 31st, or through the end of the January report period, Wii U has sold 940,000 units total in the U.S. Wow. That's out of the uh, three 3 million they've sold worldwide, is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so that's, ten, that's actually 10,000 more than what the PS3 sold in its first three months. And it's only 16,000 fewer than what the PS2 sold in its first months. Now, a couple... You know, So it's in line, and yeah, granted PS3 was super expensive, PS2 had shortages, but the fact is both those systems went on to live healthy lives. So the Wii U presumably could do the same. So there's definitely still hope, but Nintendo really needs to turn around those weekly numbers. If it trends at the rates trending of these really low 11,000 units per week numbers, if it continues that through February, March, April, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then it's gonna very quickly trend downward compared to those other systems I just mentioned, and then it will be in a very bad position. Right now, it's like if they can lift it back up, it'll be okay. But if it keeps going down further and further, third parties are gonna jump ship really quick. Yeah.
1: It just looks like we're in this position to begin with.
0: Yeah, it does. But so it's an interesting situation. It, it definitely makes for good podcasting though. Like it's always something new. But it, you know, it's one of those things that like Nintendo probably picked a bad system to have this, such a big drought during. Like you know how we have no games till next month. Probably not ideal given the sales of the system right now. But hopefully in March when games start coming out the system will turn around. I expect February to be even lower.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. We definitely didn't help.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I guarantee February's gonna be lower than January. Unless something weird happens. Like there's there's been nothing. Like it it'll probably be around eleven thousand or ten thousand or even less. But in March I could see it's starting to turn around as you get Lego City, which is gonna have a huge marking campaign. Even though I think the three DS one was still better, Nintendo's still gonna be pushing Lego City hard. They have Monster Hunter. Then you have, well, Need for Speed won't be a system czar. But then in April, you know, after that, things start moving. So, Game and Wario still has no release date. Wii Fit U still has no release date. They're all coming this spring, supposedly. So, you know, things can hopefully turn around. The big looming threat, however, and this is something we rarely do. We're going to talk about the competitor. The big looming threat is the new PlayStation, PS4, which was announced in a very dramatic two-hour... Well, it wasn't that dramatic, but the first minute of that press conference that Sony did was like the most like hype thing I've seen in a was long, long time.
1: Long.
0: Yeah, the con- well, Sony conferences are always insanely long, but they- it's weird because they announced a lot, but they announced like they left out a lot. They announced a lot while leaving out a lot, if that makes sense. So here's what we do know: the PS4 is going to be built around a more developer friendly, what they're calling supercharged PC architecture, which means it's going to be much easier to develop for than the PS3 was and the PS2 was, which were both a bit harder because they had their own unique chipsets and whatnot. Uh, like PSV 3 had Cell. Remember Cell? That buzzword? The Cell processor? Um, it also has got a slew of social features that include uh, video streaming and screenshot sharing. They're working with Facebook and Ustream to integrate your friends and your streaming all into one place within cool. PSN. Yeah, it's like its own social network within PSN. It's very me-verse without the me's.
1: Yeah, you could do backseat gaming from yeah. other people's houses.
0: Yeah, they do. They do um, hijack d- people's games from the exactly. Industry. They're doing what they're calling uh, PlayStation Cloud. Is from they bought a year ago. They bought Gaikai. They were on uh, online's biggest competitor for streaming gaming, and what Gaikai has brought to them is a bunch of stuff. Like you said, uh, streaming, you can basically hijack your friend's game. So at any time, you can watch your friend stream. And if you watch your friend stream and get and they get stuck, you have two options if they let you. One, and of course, there's a chat window as well as so you can talk with them. One is uh, you can literally take over the game. it will stream it through Gaikai technology to their system. And you could play their game for a minute to get them past whatever hurdle. The other oh, is they that have. That
1: means you could kind of get over with not having to buy a lot of games. Just like if you can just keep your PlayStation on and they like, let me. Play. I'm sure there's
0: a time limit. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Sony's gonna be that. Dumb.
1: Well, you It'd be like, awesome, you but the time limit. we just played in little half-hour bursts. No,
0: I'm sure it's like a two-minute time limit. It's just to get you past obstacles. Two the minute, other
1: two-minute bursts. And...
0: Yeah, that would I mean, yeah. be annoying. But hey, someone... it's a ten-hour game. It might take me a long time. You
1: know, you know, someone's gonna abuse it somehow.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But well, here, well, yes and no. I'll get to that. The the other thing you can do is director mode, where you can literally, if the developers allow, it, you can drop items into other people's games as you watch their stream to help them. Huh. So kind of neat. Um. Now, the thing with that, and they're also using these cloud services for, um, the Vita has a new lease on life because it's basically going to become a Wii U gamepad in a way. It can be used for, uh, basically off TV play. Sony, so I love how Sony introduced it. Have you, let's say you're in a boss battle and someone wants to use a TV. Well, now you have a solution. Yeah, we already had it. It's called the Wii U. But anyway, they what they're doing is they basically will turn the, uh, PS4 into a little server, streaming server, and you can stream the game to it's your Vita. 250 books. Yeah. Yeah, it's 250 bucks, but um, you can stream it to your Vita and then continue on your Vita, and it'll just be streaming exactly what the PS4 is playing. Now, apparently this only works when they're on the same Wi-Fi network, and they have to code it into each game, but it's there. Their, their ultimate goal is to have every game support, so we'll see. It's basically like off-TV play. Um, so using the cloud for that. They're also using the cloud to let you uh, demo any game instantly before you try it. It's not just going to be a game demo. You will be streaming a chunk of the game, which is what Gaikai's business model was before... They got bought by Sony. was demos that, you you know, you play X number of minutes, but it's the actual game. Yeah. Um.
1: That's how I played um, Dead Rising. Did it? Yeah,
0: on Gaikai. Oh, I didn't know you used Gaikai.
1: Okay. Well, huh. no, just just that one time because right. I was curious about what it was in the like, world. Oh, yeah, I also played a little bit of Crisis, but since I wasn't playing with the mouse, the trackpad on the mouse. Oh, yeah, that'd be awful. can't exactly right-click.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And all this cloud stuff or middle
1: click, how would you even accomplish that?
0: You can't really. Yeah. But all the all this uh, cloud stuff that Sony's doing also will extend to being able to uh, use an official PlayStation app on your tablet or smartphone to, you know, watch um, other people play or check updates on stuff or even download games to your PS4 when you're away. Wow.
1: So isn't that what Nintendo wants to do? Yeah,
0: Nintendo so wants to do that too. At least the uh, download stuff from afar. Yeah. But all now here's the thing, this all sounds super cool, right? But Sony hasn't said anything about pricing. We don't know if it's going to stay like PSN now where it's free or if it's going be be uh, to be behind some sort of paywall. It has like. to be. I would That's be shocked. I imagine it would be 50 bucks a year like Xbox Gold. Xbox Live Gold. That's my guess. It
1: will be as much as a competitor. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: But so it's an insane amount of bandwidth, and I wonder,
1: then I wonder what that would do with um, PlayStation Plus. Are even going to continue that? PlayStation
0: Plus will probably be rolled into it. Yeah, You'll probably get. It'll you will transfer
1: anything from your old PS3.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. Is everyone's like, "Oh, I mean, well, Nintendo sucks at like you know being digital and you transfer things." At least the Wii lets the Wii U lets you bring over your Wii games, even if they're in a self-contained. Yeah, menu. I mean the, currently, the other
1: people never really had a chance to do that because they just had an Xbox or PS3. Yeah,
0: currently the plan for PS4 is. You cannot transfer over any PSN content. and It is not backwards compatible. They may allow cloud. Ba- they're planning the
1: PS4 is not backwards compatible.
0: Not 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 natively. What they're going to do is you can cloud stream through the Gaikai tech PS3 games and PS2 games and PS1 games, which will be running on servers somewhere. Mm. So it's like Virtual Console, except you don't have them physically. And if you want to do PSN, they say they have they they could conceivably do an emulator or something, but they have no plan that, plans at the moment. So that's interesting. But on the on the upper on the back to the positives about PS4 because it is very interesting tech. Like the system features really actually are quite interesting. Um, they're really big on instant on, which is something that us as Wii U owners can certainly relate to, since it takes like five minutes to open anything on the Wii U. Um, the thing is, the PS4 has a chip that'll keep it in a say that'll basically uh, they have RAM dedicated to a safe state, like a low power safe state. So when you turn off the system, it'll just remember exactly where you yeah, were.
1: it's like sleep
0: mode. Yeah, it's basically a glorified sleep mode. It's like the 3DS sleep mode, except it's for a major gaming console. Like, it'd be like if Wii U had, a P- had the 3DS sleep mode.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then, um, yeah, they're also doing things like uh, you can buy, you don't have to wait for games to be downloaded fully to play them after a certain percentage of the game being downloaded. They'll download in chunks so you can start playing and then the later parts of the game will continue downloading, which is kind of neat. However, another, like, we don't know what they actually mean. Let's say a game's 8 gigs how many? How much of the, those 8 gigs do you need before you start playing? It must be at least a gig, right? Which is still a wait. So, unless they stream it to you on Gaikai and then they, like, switch well, you over. Well, I mean, over.
1: like, what they said, like, oh, we're going to download games you might want before you even That's you creepy. Them.
0: They're doing a huge thing about recommendations and also part of the instant on the is, is was, yeah. Like,
1: wait, I, wait, what happened to all my gigs?
0: Yeah, another thing is they're going to do exactly what you said, where... They're at personalization to the point where they are going to predict what games you're going to buy and have them pre-download on your system, which sounds like a huge waste of bandwidth and a waste of space for someone who may not want them. But it's an interesting idea.
1: I mean, I'm sure you could turn it off.
0: Oh, I'm sure, but still, it's kind of strange. Um, In terms of the system, <laughs> in terms of, like, the core system itself...
1: You get all these style-savvy games.
0: Yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. But in terms of... Equivalents, of course. But... I don't even think someone will make a style-savvy equivalent. Someone will. Probably. But not yeah, true.
1: I mean there's all I mean there's shovelware in every console, so
0: Yeah. Good point. But I just call it I, I'm just I'm sure it's a good it's not quality f- game. Yeah, it's actually supposed to be a really good game, it's just not oh, a yeah, cup yeah. of tea. Which is the second time I've used that expression today. Cup of tea. Third time. Anyway, um right. but the PS four itself, real quick, the specs, they didn't really reveal any. We do know um, the graphics do look better, but honestly it's nowhere near PS two to PS three. It's more like PS three to PS three point five. PS three to like, everything looks smoother. Everything looks prettier. it's to almost PC? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel... It feels like a high... Yeah, it, it's missing something.
1: Because honestly, like, I feel like I'm pretty good at telling the difference between, like, yeah. better quality graphics and stuff. But even then, like, they're good, but it... They're good, but not great. They, as a picture on the internet, I saw it's like, these graphics are really good, I which
0: is, Which is why I think they're making such a big deal out of all these social features and streaming. And even, like, the DualShock 4 controller has a touch panel on it now and a share button so you can instantly share you can rewind at any time video of your gameplay and then share it or screenshots they post to youtube and facebook and whatnot or i think youtube facebook for sure but um like all that they're really emphasizing these features because we're hitting a threshold with graphics which is what nintendo's been predicting for a really long time and which is why the wii was which is why the wii was what the wii was and even why the wii u now is what the wii U now is because i mean watch dogs is on ps4 and wii u yeah there'll be some graphical differences but the fact is it's on both systems
1: And they'll, I mean, they'll look a little different, but they'll probably play exactly the same. Exactly,
0: exactly. Like, there didn't seem to be... I mean, they did show one really crazy demo of a creepy old man. I don't know if you remember that. Oh,
1: yeah, Polygon. Yeah, 30...
0: Yeah, Yeah. they're like, we had 10,000 Polygons, so 50,000. Now we have 30,000. Look at this creepy old guy. He looked really creepy. Like, he looked... It was like Uncanny Valley moment. It was really impressive. But he was floating. He had no body. Yeah, no know background yeah, when you I mean, start building a world around him those graphics are going to come down a notch and they also, did the same thing with PS3
1: they're also kind of saying is like what I kind of got from that is like oh you can't really have a true gaming experience without
0: really good graphics
1: yeah that is kind of what they're I said. mean, well they're not
0: saying that but they're well, saying well, we, well, I mean, they're it, saying their philosophy is a big part of
1: know, but it felt kind of like
0: an undertone I mean just look at
1: um I don't know, Wind Waker, freaking too yeah. many, was no, like, super expressive, and did, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have 30. Yeah, honestly, yeah, pounds. they were saying
0: you need the, the horsepower to really make a difference, but I they mean, also... Look at the
1: characters in um, any Valve game or... True, or, um, true.
0: Or but Walking also, Dead. well, see, the thing with that creepy old guy, no, and no, the no. graphics thing, was, and the clay models from, from Ian Molecule and all that, where they showed how he keeps PlayStation move to make 3D clay models in real time... All that was more it was less. You need the horsepower more. Like, look what the extra power lets you do in games. Cause like the media molecule one was not graphically impressive. it was just really cool looking. Yeah. So it's more like we give you the ability to do things. Now the problem is, uh, the hardware features are super cool, but the games didn't really entice me that much. And this is this is my last thought on it. They just like look cool. Yeah, like Kill. Okay, Sony fans will be very happy. There's a new uh, Killzone, a new Inf- Infamous, some other stuff, but. Third-party-wise, all the announcements are on current-gen systems. Diablo 3 was confirmed for PS4, which is a huge deal. Blizzard has not made console games since, I think, N64 days. Uh, Except it's also going to be on PS3. Uh, Watch Dogs, like I said, it's going to be on PS4 and all the current-gen consoles. Um, Even Destiny, which, oh, it's on PS4. Very cool. It's also going to be on PS3, 360, and, rumor has it, Wii U. Now, Destiny, real quick, is um, Bungie's new first-person shooter. They revealed it last week I think they are really in a big press event in Seattle the week for PS4 and billing and basically they're calling it a shared world shooter you play as part of a team that's protecting earth or protecting a city from some alien threat but the whole world is online it's like an MMO crossed with the first person shooter so the whole world's online what happens in the world is affected by what players do when they play and they're predict they're, they're aiming to have this be a 10-year project where the game will keep in- evolving over 10 years and add new stuff like right now for example everyone's a hero but Jeff Keighley was saying in his uh, impressions of it on Game trailers, that potentially, in a year or two, as they see that people start doing different things, they can create, like, a villainous category. You can jump ship or things like that. So, like, it'll be an ever-evolving world. There's no matchmaking for multiplayer. There's no, like, lobby. You just, like, it'll be in the world. Just go do it. So, that's what Destiny is. And it's on PS3 and 360, and now it's on PS4, but it's probably coming to Wii U, too, since, uh... They found it in the source code for the website, That'd like awesome. the pre-order buttons. They found source code for a Vita, PC, and Wii U.
1: I would get that game a shot. I
0: would, yeah, I'd get it for Wii U for sure. But my point still stands: that why do you need a PS4? Oh, give a shot. Yeah, huh, I didn't mean that. Why would you get a PS4 necessarily if you could play it on a current system? So really, it's like if you buy a PS4, you're buying it for the the extra specs to do things you can't do that no one seems to be doing yet. Anyway, we just want Ferrari. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. And you're buying it for the. The operating system I mean, features
1: There's definitely those people That just want to have The most powerful thing Just so they know Oh yeah they yeah have the most powerful No thing. but I
0: think I think we're getting to the point Where you're buying systems Not for the horsepower As much as you're buying it For the features I guarantee you The next Xbox Which is now supposedly Going to be unveiled in April That's the rumor Um Durango I guarantee you, its big draw is not going to be graphics either. It'll have a bump, but it's going to be all about look how we use Connect, look at your entertainment hub, look mm-hmm. at all these OS features, look at all these. You got Room, and that'll be a
1: big part of the game. Yeah,
0: exactly. Illuma Room looks cool, by the way. The fact that like projects it's your whole room with what's going on here. in the game, it's a clever use of Connect because the Connect just maps your room I mean, I and guess, I makes guess it, if, it
1: like, match. You need a
0: perfectly square room to make it work. Yeah,
1: yeah, or to get the most out of it. But yeah. I mean, like in the demo, they showed like they had an average room with stuff cluttered all over so right yeah. Looked,
0: yeah but either way my uh i think my point still is to, I, mean, I mean even nintendo's been going down that path that's about the f- system features not the system horsepower and it seems like ps4 and the next during or the next xbox when they show it will probably follow it box? the next box xbox next will probably show that that was the right path so then you have the differentiators of you got the gamepad and miiverse you got sony social stuff and streaming or you've got Xboxes, whatever. That will probably be what we're going to see. The, yeah, e- at E3, That's
1: kind of social, yeah.
0: No, I like Miiverse, but I, honestly, Sony kind of like took the idea and like blew it apart and like kicked it up a notch. So
1: yeah. it'll be
0: very interesting to see what what's in store for PS4 at E3. They didn't show hardware. They didn't announce actual like, I mean, they announced specs. But they didn't announce final specs. Yeah, basically what this was, in my opinion, was to wear Appetite and guess in front of the net and get PlayStation's name out there before Xbox does its thing. And honestly, they did a good job. It had 2 million... The stream I was watching had 2 million viewers. Yeah. Yeah. 2 million viewers. That's crazy. Game Trailers was saying... I think they are saying that... Was it Game Trailers? Yeah, that... No, it was IGN. More viewers than they have during E3. Wow. Like, these decade events for each company are becoming more and more of a thing. Nintendo Direct, had, yeah, obviously, has been a thing for a while. But now, like, these isolated press events... It's not just in video vale Games. It's in tech in general. Uh, there's a huge mobile phone conference in the last week of February couple of the biggest players in the phone industry are, are not even going. They're just going to do their own events. Like Samsung's unveiling the next Galaxy phone. Not there like they used to, but at an event in March of, the, of their own. Uh, you know, you see it with Apple never going to like major trade shows. It's The new thing is doing your own isolated event because you have extra Which is kind of weird
1: because this year Capcom is not going to do Captivate.
0: Yeah, because they're I think they're doing something for their 30th anniversary later in the year though. Don't tell me that. But, yeah, but, it's just... that they it, haven't
1: forgotten Mega Man. That They still do it. No, yeah.
0: Thing. But still, it's just an interesting shift in how things are going to be. It's going to be
1: game. Hmm? No, it's, it's, it's going to be oh, game. Oh, yeah, probably.
0: But point being, we're in for I'm a America very...
1: clock on the 3DS.
0: Oh, if only. No. It wouldn't <laughs> be bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad, yeah. but if that's all they do. Point being, it's a big year for gaming, not just Nintendo, but... Yeah. The whole industry, and it's be... really exciting. Yeah, like, I'm really excited to learn more about PS4. I don't think I'm going to pick one up. As of right now, I have no plans. Yeah, I think my brother's intent- going to get it, yeah. so
1: I'll definitely be exposed to it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I've been Nintendo, like a Nintendo platform owner my whole life. But, like, it's just interesting to see what the competitors do, how Nintendo reacts. It's going to be a cool year. Yeah. And that's it for news. We do have some game impressions. We'll kind of... we're This might be our longest episode ever. We're going to try and keep... I'll keep them on the briefer side if I can, because I do want to talk about Fire Emblem, the very excellent Fire Emblem. So, um. Let's jump from what's up with Nintendo to what we're playing. And that, like I said, Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. It's kind of funny how this happens since, uh, as many of you know, because I know many of you are looking for it. I've seen you talk about it I on Twitter. I still can't get a hold of it. Yeah, you can't find it. There are a lot of people, a lot of listeners of the show who, uh, I by the, the way. Book though. Yeah, yeah, because you, you you got GameStop to work in your favor there. But um, there's a lot of listeners of our show who I've seen on Twitter tweeting about uh, First of all, thanks for support, guys. And they've been saying, like, oh, I can't find it, Where you know, I'm still having trouble. So I got lucky. I just, when we recorded our last episode where I was saying, like, I still don't have it, I went to get Best Buy right after we recorded and just grabbed the last copy and walked out. Like, super easy. But I was talking with the rep at Best Buy and she, or the employee at Best Buy, and she was saying they've already gone through two shipments. At that point, that was after one week. Wow. And still, and then I checked Best Buy, all the Best Buys in my area. That's three different Best Buys. Um, that next weekend, this past, you know, like a week ago, all of them were sold out. Yeah, this game is. Just doing... by my
1: area, has been sold out for a couple of weeks. The game stop, All the game stops in my area have been sold out since it came out. So. Yeah.
0: Basically, yeah. Nintendo had a hit on their hands and they didn't even know it, so they underproduced it. I did not see that coming, honestly. I didn't see that coming at all either. It's but it's after kind the like rave review. Reviews, or something, but... It is, but then it got such good reviews. Now, so here's the oh, thing. Yeah.
1: Is the reason to own a 3DS. Yeah, was... that's what IGN
0: said. And honestly, yeah. I would kind of agree with them. Here's the thing. So I've been playing it for the past. Since I got uh, our last episode, basically. And really, I mean, it's my. It's my first Fire Emblem game, so I'm going to sound a little like naive about some of this. Isn't it sure. your second? It's my first. I, never, I have Sacred Stones so through second. the Ambassador program, but I never played it. It's the first Fire Emblem I've played. Better? I've yet to play the Game Boy 1. I was going to, and I got sidetracked it's by it's other it's games. I know. I remember saying in the podcast way back when, like, oh, I can't wait to try Fire Emblem when we get the Ambassador games. Well, I didn't yet. but I Play Balloon Fire instead. <laughs> yep exactly <I> <laughs> but um no so this is my first fireman game and it's really really good I mean like I said it's it is my first game in the series so I'm gonna sound like I might sound a little out of sync with what people know about the game but here's the thing I don't like I like the concept of uh, you only get your units once and then you lose them. But I'm taking the wimpy approach now that they offer it, and I have been playing in casual mode.
1: You know what? Honestly, I've been reading what a lot of people have been talking about the perma and I read an interesting article. I forgot who wrote it. But I just know that they we're talking about that almost everyone that says they play
0: perma never lets their characters die. Everyone, What I, they do, yeah, what people do, and this is why they I didn't just bother. Like, everyone yeah, I they know save that, right before a battle. They quit if they lose. They start to the battle over.
1: Yeah, every single person I know
0: does that. So it's like, why even bother? Exactly. But, but I guess it makes that's why you... I decided to do casual because I knew I would do that. So it's yeah. like, why bother I mean, when they give you an out? But in I the guess game? like
1: the only thing is like it makes the battles more tense and you have to be more careful with your moves. Yeah. Because I mean, otherwise you can just kind of go carelessly and if yeah. you have one person survive, you're gonna get them all back. As yeah. opposed to, okay, I have to make sure everything's perfect. Yeah. You can go a little more, little more, which carelessly. also makes it more tedious and. If you don't have the time to play all the time, right? You're gonna be stuck in one battle. Yeah, forever.
0: and this is why i was saying that I might sound kind of out sync with like the true Fire Emblem fans because I'm sure a lot of them are scoffing right now because I'm like, I played Casual Mode, but the point still stands. I really enjoy the game, and le- let me tell you about it a bit for those who may not have played it or haven't picked this one up. So yeah, I know I'm not like a true gamer. It'd be quiet, critics out there, or a true Fire Emblem gamer. I mean, um, so the core gameplay. Game. I mean, the core gameplay is you know a relatively straightforward strategy RPG. You're maneuvering units on a battlefield. You're trying to outthink the opponent. You're, you know, you're trying to think two or three steps ahead of them. That sort of thing. It's very, by that regard, in that regard, it's it's like pretty. Chess. It's pretty by the books, like chess. Yeah, but it's a lot like. I mean, I played Fire or Fire Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and it's reminiscent of that. I played Advance Wars, obviously, it's reminiscent of that it's from the same developers. So you know, if you if you like that genre. There you go. You'll like this. If you hate that genre, this probably won't change your mind because really, what this does is it takes it, it makes it a bit more accessible, but also adds so much content to like let you really like soak it in and dive fully in. So if you're not, if you hate the genre, this probably won't change your mind. But I would recommend at least trying the demo on the eShop because it is more accessible for sure. It's definitely more accessible than Fire or Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was to me when I played it as a kid on Game Boy Advance. So just saying that. But um, so what they do. To make for the accessibility, it's it's kind of like they're piling lay It's like a layer cake where they like add each layer as you go. So, you know, you start out with pretty straightforward gameplay, but then you get options. Like, you can have your units, if they're standing next to each other or, like, kind of corner. you know, if they're next to each other in some way, they'll boost each other's stats when you go into battle. So, like, if you're battling with one unit, the other one will be there and also attack or at least get more attack points or whatever. And then later on, you had, or not even later on. Very quickly, you have the ability to start pairing them. So instead of moving two individual units, it's one unit with that alliance constantly going. And that pairing actually plays a pretty big role in the development of the characters over the course of the game because um, when you pair them before you, when you're picking before each battle, sorry, before each battle, you had to choose who in your team, you, which units you have, you want to use because you want to get X number per battle, which you know ranges depending on the s- scenario of the battle when you pick them you also get to have them engage in conversations they get to chat and the chatting builds up the relationship you have a c grade you can get up to an a grade the more you chat the closer they become then when you pair them or have them as an alliance on the battlefield that obviously helps you by boosting stats even more because if they like each other you know there's gonna be happy they're gonna be happier means better stats so they boost each other's stats even higher so what that means is not only do you have the strategy RPG on the battlefield, you also have a bit of a strategy dating sim of sorts. I mean it's not it's not necessarily Who says love doesn't all bloom da- on the battlefield.
1: What? Who says love doesn't bloom on the exactly.
0: battlefield? Exactly. It's not even like it doesn't have to be like dating, but you can have relationships and get married and have take children. A yeah, exactly. And drink a little too much what are they drink back? Mead. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So you and you can't even they can even have kids, and then those kids can become units you can use later in the game and whatnot. So
1: so you can have this game literally span
0: across like fifteen years, essentially or more. But yeah, so but these chats, it's almost like it's cool because you're you're not even being strategic. I mean, these chats aren't the most strategic things. You just hit, I want to chat with you, and then they chat. But um, you know, just deciding who to pair with who is strategic. So not even so even off the battlefield, you have to really think things through and plan, and it's a nice extra layer that I feel like a game like Advanced Wars, for example, doesn't have. And um, on top of all these layers of the core game, they've also piled on extra features. So it supports Street Pass and Spot Pass. We talked about uh, Street Pass, how it will work in an episode before the game came out. But basically, um, you get download, you get uh, characters, you pass people, you can have, you can recruit the characters, you can take their items, you can have a, their team basically fight for you, that sort of thing. Uh, but with Spot Pass, you also get downloadable maps, you get uh, downloadable characters, new units, you can have pop up in the world you battle them if you win the battle they join your team and they're accessible for the rest of the game all that and um spot pass is interesting because it works on two levels you have the free dlc which includes full maps full like campaigns you know full here's a battle go as well as characters and items and they have the paid ones which are a little more fleshed out versions of those um downloadable maps with even more, scenario, you know, more battles, more story, more characters introduced, new characters. So
1: just the character development beyond the game, essentially. Yeah,
0: but and that, speaking of character development, and actually, I should mention, there's a free map if you have Fire Emblem, or you're thinking of getting it very soon before March 5th. If you get up through Chapter Five, which is what's needed to unlock downloading maps, you can get a free, a free map that will then cost you 50 starting March 5th or 6th. So definitely do that if you have any interest in the game, if you can find it. I would recommend gang it now so you can get that free map. The maps are two fifty a pop, or you can get a three pack for I think six six fifty six or six fifty. And how it works is you can subscribe to these three packs. So they'll release a map. You can subscribe to the whole pack, and then the six the chapters later. It's almost like chapters in the sense that like the other two maps will come out as DLC that you already paid for, and they'll expand on what you already did in the first one. That sort of thing.
1: Oh, like a season pass kind of.
0: Exactly. So that's just the core gameplay. Like, that probably was a little overwhelming, just the sheer—I was just, like, rattling off things. That's, like, the core gameplay. And then on top of that—I mean, well, not on top of that, but like the gameplay, I guess you could say. Really, everything else has that same amount of, like, almost overwhelming but not quite sheer amount of content. So, the story. First of all, it's it starts out—I mean, I'm not—honestly, I'm not super far in the game— but it starts out with the relative, we have to say, the kingdom blah 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 type of deal. Oh no, I'm a main character with amnesia. I don't know what's going on. Uh, that, you know, that stuff. But, all the char- none of the characters are like one note characters. They all over time, you know, they, they all have their quirks and stuff, but they definitely are written well. There's some very clever lines. There's some funny stuff. And the story's told in three different ways that all are, you know, fitting the situation. There's just standard dialogue boxes on the battlefield, just like Advanced Wars or whatever they pop up. There's um, 3D in-game cutscenes where they have the... We talked about this last episode. They have, like, the chibi feet. They look like little chibi characters, at least from the legs down. And they're, you know, just nice renders. And then they have these really, really nice, really beautiful, actually, uh, 3D animated cutscenes, like, full 3D, that everything's fully voice-acted in those cutscenes. And there's, you know, obviously dialogue, like, one line. Like, you know, if a dialogue box pops up, they'll go, oh, hey! If they're saying, like, oh, hi there, blah, blah, blah. So there's all that. And then, um, so... You get to pick how that all works, too. So you can turn on and off animations. You can turn on and off... You can have Japanese, uh... Voice acting with English. You can have no voice acting. You can have... You know, it's like... I, I met with English subtitles, by the way. Not just with Japanese with English. That doesn't make sense. But yeah, it's like everything's customizable in this game. Everything. Everything. It's insane. You can even do stuff like, uh... The battles themselves can be viewed from different camera angles. You can pause them at any time. You can go into first person mode. You can rewind them as long as you're still on the battle screen. You can like pivot the view a little with the control stick. Like, like everything is just so thought out. And on top of that, you have great graphics with, um, you know, they have this really nice bloom lighting effect going. They have uh, when you're looking top down on the battlefield when you're actually playing. It, it, the 3D really makes it look like you're looking like into a little like, I don't know, like a petri dish of battles. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's just there's so much stuff. But, intelligent, but the thing is, Intelligent Systems, the developer, does a really good job of really leading you, like, helping you, like, walking you into... That's what I'm looking for. They really do a good job of helping you, like, easing you in. There we go. They do a good job of easing you in. So it never feels overwhelming. It just feels like a very solid package of, a very good game. So, like I said, and I mean, an example of the easing in, like, they roll out all those features. I talk about, like, pairing up and alliances and Chang and all that. They roll them out chapter by chapter at the beginning. And then they roll out, like, spot pass and shoot pass functionality with each chapter. Like, it's never, you don't just jump in and it's like, what is going on? Like, they do a really good job. So while it might have sounded kind of overwhelming how it's just, like, rattling things off right now, it's really, like, seamless and easy when you're actually playing. So, with all that said, Wow, did I just, like, ramble for ten minutes about this game? That's how good. <laughs> it. That's how good it is. Like you didn't even say a word. That's. How- <laughs> well, I, well, I, don't have I know. It. I it's have just funny. It's just funny. I just like. I mean, everything you said is just
1: making me go like, damn. I just wish I could.
0: Yeah, no. Me. It's it's a really good game. It's like I said. If you hate strategy RPGs, I don't think this is gonna change your mind. It's just like the best of them, basically. But if you need a new 3DS game, this is the one. If you don't, you know, if you don't have a 3DS and you're considering getting it, this could be the game that makes you switch. Like it's a fully fledged game it's like 40 plus hours or something it, it has the product-
1: a product rude awakening
0: no it wouldn't be rude it'd be rather pleasant, pleasant let us let it awaken you to the great 3ds library no that doesn't work but point being with thoughts undone it's a really good game check it out if you haven't already i highly recommend it and it really feels like a console game on handheld. like it's insane production values so yeah definitely check it out there's a reason it's getting such rave reviews and I think that that's my two cents on Fire Emblem
1: Awakening. My only predicament is finding it and having enough time to beat it, so I can get that free
0: map. Well, you only have to beat the first five chapters to get yeah, the free but map. Between the chapters take reward and everything ch- else. I'm playing. Yeah. Just... Well, the chapters take. I mean, between the story, assuming you. Well, here's the thing. I also I said I was playing on casual. I'm also playing on normal difficulty, which I think is like the easy equivalent because it's normal, hard, intense, insane. But since it's my first Fire Emblem game, I know. Stop scoffing, you Fire Emblem fans. I, I figured I'd rather take it easy but um, and just enjoy the story and the game and whatnot. But with that said, it took about 25 minutes, half an hour per chapter. So if you want to get through Chapter 5, you know, plan accordingly. Before March 5th. But yeah, that's Fire Emblem. Another game that I've been playing, which I think you've been playing too, right? Oh, yeah. Is... <laughs> Okay, Kool Aid Man is uh, <laughs> is F Zero on the Wii U Virtual Console. So it's the second game in Nintendo's Famicom 30th Anniversary celebration. Which, as a quick refresher, that means 30 cents per game. Essentially free. It might as well get it's th- it. th- yeah, it's 30 cents per game every month. It's a different game. They're gonna have games like Super Metroid down the road, but this month is the which original are not Famicom games. But whatever. No, well, it's Super Famicom. It's Super Nintendo and Nintendo And Entertainment System. So okay. they had Balloon Fight last month, and then this uh, they recently switched over to F Zero. So we've been playing that. S um, zero is actually f zero is kind of. Might if I go first, and then you could share your thoughts. Why not? Okay. <laughs> uh, so S zero is actually kind of a funny thing with me. I first played the Super Nintendo S zero in a hotel. You know those hotels? Like when we were kids, you go to a hotel and they have like an N sixty four or Super Nintendo like hooked to the TV. It's like a special like interplay or something that like works with their like pay per view system. No, you've never been in a hotel where they had an N sixty four. It's like a weird, like, weird N64 controller. Like it has, like, a big mm, clamp on it that doesn't um, let it detach from the TV. Um, really? Oh, no Not well. when I
1: had an N64, just TV.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, they do it with PlayStation 1s as well, where they used to. So I played F 0 on Super Nintendo there. And when I was a kid, something about... I guess it's just the Mode 7 scaling of the game, which is how it does that pseudo-3D effect. It really felt like the ship wasn't moving, and the world was spinning around it really fast. And it, like, drove me crazy. That's how the Game Boy Advance
1: one felt. I mean, the, yeah, the Game Boy Advance. Which
0: game? The original or the... The one on the 3DS. Oh, the so maximum velocity. Yeah, I had the same thing with that, but... Interestingly, F Zero GP Legend, the second Game Boy Advance one, did not have that feeling at all, and it was super, and like it was really good. It felt like F Zero GX on handheld, it, like as a 2D game. It was really good. Anyway, back to the matter at uh, hand here. So with the original F Zero, I played it for like maybe ten minutes. I actually like got a headache from it. I was like, I'm done. But then when it was thirty cents, I'm like, okay, I'll buy it again. So I bought it, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because I'm playing on normal TV, or maybe or gamepad, or whatever, or maybe it's because I just like understand games more. Like I have no idea, but. It clicked, and it's really fun now. Like, I hated it as a kid, but I'm very happy I purchased it. It's, uh. I mean, obviously, it's nowhere near as good as or GX, in my opinion. But. And the game's nowhere near as fleshed out. You have Grand Prix, you have a couple different classes of, uh. It's
1: barely. There's barely anything there. Well,
0: you have a couple... Just, yeah.
1: just, it, it's like the Mario Tennis Open equivalent.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have the Grand Prix option, which lets you play in three different difficulties and different sayings and whatnot. You have different vehicles, but it's definitely no story mode, obviously, like uh the later F-Zeros and no real... No 30 different cars to unlock. But what it is is pretty fun. Like, what what is there is pretty fun. And actually, like, when I clicked it, I was like, oh, this is really, like, I'm, I'm getting this. Like, you know, you have... Like in later series, you can drift by holding the shoulder buttons to do like an extra little drift, and I was just like working that all out. Then I hit Sand Ocean, and Sand Ocean, I put this on me because it, it is frustrating. But Sand Ocean is the third, it's the third, the third track in the cup, and everything's fine. You know, you're playing the first two tracks, and they're pretty wide turns, pretty easy. You feel cool when you do a little drift. It's like, oh, I I nailed that corner. I sh- I sure showed it. Yeah, I'm apparently some weird like children's television host now. But then then you get to Sand Ocean. And everything's hairpin turns, and everything's U-turns, and everything's these really sharp turns, and it just, like, destroys you. It's just, like, why even bother living anymore if you can't beat Sand Ocean? It's, it's That might be a little extreme, but I don't think so. But, um, yeah, so, point being, I still have to conquer Sand Ocean, but what I have played I really enjoyed, and much like um, Balloon Fight was... The Virtual Console emulator itself is really good. You just press the touchscreen to be able to fully map the buttons of the Super Nintendo controller. Which
1: I did change for this one. Yeah,
0: I was tempted to change them. What they do is they map the L and R buttons of the Super Nintendo to the L and R buttons of the gamepad. But more, it's more comfortable for me to put them on ZL and ZR, the back triggers. But when you press those... Will that do that just for that game or will it do it for all Super all, Nintendo All games, probably. These are the standard Super Nintendo settings they're going with. But what's interesting is, yeah, so ZLZR, if you press them by accident, because, you know, those are the triggers that you're really used to, it opens the virtual console's, like, uh, menu. So it's like, you're in the middle of the race, it's like, boop, do you want to change your settings? It's like, wait, what? Why is this here? So that's the one control change I'd recommend. But yeah, the emulator itself is great. You know, it runs on GamePad, on TV, both, neither. Well, not neither. You need it on one. (laughs) You've
1: played on the GamePad so
0: far? Yeah, I've only played start on TV, and I just noticed I my eyes just drifted down to the gamepad. Like I didn't even consciously do it. I just stopped using the TV, and I was like, "Oh, I might as well turn it off." But it's just it's very comfortable on the gamepad, and of course, it has a Meverse community like a Balloon Fight did, where you could share screenshots. So you know, for thirty cents, you really can't go wrong. It's thirty cents for the next four weeks, I think. So that's my take. You can fill in the gaps if there were any.
1: Well, you cover a lot of the the good parts, but I guess like for me, um, I
0: don't think I. Barely played the one on the 3DS, the one that they give us for free. I, maximum Velocity? Yeah. I do not like Maximum Velocity. I really like, and I can't recommend enough, if someone, if you could find it used or, like, through eBay, GP Legend, the second Game Boy Advance one, is really good. It oh. ties into the anime, the failed anime that was here for, like, yeah. a year. But <laughs> with, ignoring with the, that... With
1: the, with the very mean-tastic falcon punch Yeah, statements. exactly.
0: But ignoring, but ignoring that, it's a very good game. Even with that, it's just kind of a quirky story, because yeah. it's, like, all, like... Yeah, I'm gonna be the best racer, and Captain yeah. Falcon's like, "No, you're not, son." And he's and he's like, "No, I can do it." And Mickey Mouse is in it, apparently. <laughs> but, but no, it's a uh, it's it's a fun game.
1: I just went straight from the GameCube one to the very first game ever, right? Which was kind of daunting. Like, I don't know. I remember the first two stages was kind of just me, like, okay, this time I'm actually gonna try to learn the game. Yeah. And after I figured out how to play, I'm like, okay, I, I mastered this game, and then I even posted on was like, yeah, I, I got this game down, and then. Yeah, I saw that. And it kind of like, you like Sand Ocean happened, and then that's where everything changed.
0: Sand Ocean is a life changing moment. It's like anyone who survives Sand Ocean is a better man for or woman for it.
1: Like the first three times I tried Sand Ocean, I just kept getting destroyed. And then I will play almost every racer. I never let go of the brakes. That's just one of the things I do. I have to learn the game. around This one, you not, let go of the brakes. Yeah, so this one, like, not they have to like. Yeah, sometimes I to let go of the gas or at least slam the brakes. But after that, after Sand Ocean basically taught me how to really play the game. And then San- after that, yeah. like, it was just cup after cup. Like, I think I've already beaten like two cups on like two different difficulties.
0: Sand Ocean taught me an interesting strategy that when you drift around the really sharp turns, it actually helps to let go of the gas at the same time you press the drift. Oh, yeah, button. that's a, that's, a, that's, what, I, that's yeah. what you have to do. Yeah, but I never even thought There's of it. There's like really one turn where I actually have to hit
1: the brakes just because it's so sharp. I think it's like on the fifth track. Yeah. The fourth track is just an oval. It looks so simple, but when, like, because before you even start racing, you look at the track, you're like, oh, okay, look, <laughs> there's, like, there's like barely any turns, and they're all kind of white, but then there's like, it's so
0: skinny, and then there's all these cars that bump you, it turns into like pinball. Right. Oh, well, that's something else. I don't know why they took this out of later F Zeros, but it is kind of cool how there are other cars on the road that aren't race cars, they're just cars. Yeah, but. Like, I liked it in uh, Mute GX, City, where it's like, there's. I, it went work. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, GX. yeah, but in
1: GX, you already have like
0: 30 racers yeah. at the same time. And it just, just one, you barely yeah. have
1: like maybe 10.
0: Yeah, no, I think you have five. Or six. Not when well, no, I have four actual racers that you're right. racing with, and everyone else is just kind of there. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I thought it was kind of neat, like, maybe just for the handheld ones, then they should have put it back in, the extra cars. But I was like, oh, it's like, you know what it reminded me of? The F-Zero mini game on uh, Captain Falcon's... Actually... Like in the Nintendo Land. Actually, the the like, random obstacles yeah. and cars were just like, now I know yeah, where they got This from. felt way more like that than GX. And actually, I yeah. really like
1: the fact that I played them backwards, in a sense, just because when we played the nintendo land one that's where i started hearing i mean we all knew heard the music there like in smash brothers and Zero gx and especially in the nintendo land and mm-hmm. then when i started playing the first one's like oh wow so now i'm hearing the music where it all came from and it just felt i don't know it felt really cool and i really 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 like the game now. yeah yeah i know i was pleasantly surprised because like
0: i said i hated it in the so I, I
1: don't know what's going on like i I was kind of like like uh, i don't really give many old games a try like nes games like yeah. I don't really enjoy that many. But so far things. you've liked Balloon Fighter. Like, I mean, I didn't really give Balloon Fighter for a fair chance in the 3DS, but on the Wii U I played it a ton and I'm still planning on playing it more and the
0: same thing with F Zero. Right. Like, I'm loving it. F Zero yeah. And it's really cool to hear all the what's now classic F Zero changes. Yeah, that's what I was just saying, like it's yeah. just really cool.
1: I yeah. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Definitely. You should get so it So yeah, it's
0: <laughs> only thirty cents. You would be silly. I won't call you stupid because I don't want to call our listeners stupid because they listen to us. So you'd be silly or a penny pincher or whatever you want if you didn't get it so basically get it is the moral of the story yeah (laughs) which means that uh that pretty much concludes our f-zero impressions right so there's one more game which we've been saying we're going to talk about forever and this is all you jose because i know you've been playing this more than i've been playing this because i don't own it
1: so all right well no, no, us neo if you ever play stardust it's nothing really like that
0: except <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Hey, have you ever played this game called Crash Bandicoot? Because Mario's not like that.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's not like it in the sense that Smash Bros. is not like All Stars Battle Royale. Like if you were just to watch someone play, it would look exactly like Stardust. But when you actually play, right, you find out that the mechanic- but still,
0: but Nano Na- Na- Salt Neo is yeah, still yeah, a twin stick yeah, yeah, yeah. shooter. That's right? like the
1: way you play it is exactly the same. Like it's still it's a twin stick shooter. It's very fast. It's very arcadey. Right. It's all about the score. Right. But um, in this game, instead of just I guess you're, I don't remember what you're doing in Star you're kind of clearing up a planet, and this one you're clearing up
0: cells. But yeah, yeah, this is all at the microscopic level, right? Yeah,
1: so you're like this germ virus killer, and you're going around the cell, and there's like a counter that you have to purify it to 90% before you could escape the cell. So you have to kill 90% of the enemies. The Which is enemy. where the
0: twin stick shooter comes in.
1: Yeah. And they all, I mean, there's like projectiles all over, there's right. like power-ups, there's shields, there's...
0: It's like it's there, like, there's
1: like little letters around that spell the word bonus that you if you collect them on. you unlock this Sonic the Hedgehog two style mini game where you run down like a tunnel, mm-hmm. more like a... yeah like a cylinder and you just go all around collecting more points which you use to go to a store where you can buy more power ups and shields and yeah you can buy a score
0: multiplier which is so mm-hmm. it's super arcadey yeah you know what it sounds like it sounds like it's basically it like I mean I know this is what Stardust is kind of like but take Geometry Wars put it on a Gal- Mario yeah, Galaxy yeah. sphere. Make it all three D instead of pixel two D art, and there you go.
1: Yeah, it, it's a, I mean it's as much like it's like comparing how we were saying earlier Harmonite and, right. and Bit Burner two Right, they're the same. Right. the same genre, just different games with yeah, it, different mechanics. Yeah. yeah, and I guess what the Wii U does that's kind of cool is like you have the off screen play, which is always appreciated, mm-hmm. and you get to customize like you collect up to four satellites that just shoot forward, but you could also kind of customize them in a way if you can even call it customizing. you mm-hmm. You could position them anyway, you could have some facing back and some facing forward so you could be shooting both directions at the same time, where you could have mm-hmm. some shooting to the left and the right, so you have all your bases covered. Right. And you also have two-player mode where, like, someone's playing on the TV and someone plays on the gamepad, and the thing that I find out is that once the person, once either person dies, you can't bring them back at all. I thought it was kind of a shame that you can't, like, buy more lives for them later. Or right. but they can't come in back. In co-op, up. you mean, right? Yeah, and co-op. Yeah. So they're kind of just, stuck watching you play for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But besides, that, the visuals, they're really good. Like, for a download-only game, I mean, this, the Nano Assault games have always looked really good. Yeah. But this one looks yeah, really, it's, really good. Nano Assault's
0: interesting in terms of, like, the franchise's history. Because you have the original on 3DS, which was eh, because it only had one stick. And then it tried to mimic a two-stick with one stick. Then you had Nano Assault Neo, which is, like, super good, apparently, based on what which you're saying. really And fun. now they're redoing the original Nano Assault as Nano Assault EX for the 3DS eShop that will fix the controls and some other issues with the game. So, like, it's a series, but it's all, like, kind of this weird, like... Yeah. back and forth down the same trail kind of like, you know what I mean like they're yeah. kind of retracing their steps a bit but yeah. I'm, but Shinen is an awesome developer I really like their DS shooters I had uh, Nanostray oh. which was like the spiritual press oh, yeah service. Nanostray was awesome yeah Nanostray Stray's really good I
1: mean like, besides that I mean as far as online features go you get a leaderboard mm-hmm. it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, as far as online features, you have it, a leaderboard it's, it's a leaderboard yeah I mean, it's, but it's nice that it's there it's organized I mean you can see your friends that happen to have it I'm on in the top your kit of, I'm, yeah because yeah. you're the like, only one um, no, there's like two other people that have it. Oh, uh, okay. And I mean, I guess the
0: other. I mean, you also obviously have the built-in online of Meverse, which yeah. is in every game. But yeah, and not like built-in, like in the game, but you can yeah, jump. And to the it. difficulty in that game ramps up really high. I mean, well, that's true for most twin stick, right? No, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's structured into like four different, four different levels four mm-hmm. worlds. Each mm-hmm. world containing four, four, or three different cells that you have to tackle, mm-hmm. and each one just gets really hard. Introduces new types of enemies, new. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just new types of enemies. But each, right. one, each enemy, like you have to approach them in a different way. There's some that you can just attack straight on, and that's it. There's others that, if you attack them straight on, when, they, when you kill them, their bullets will fly towards you in that direction. So right. you kind of have to attack them from far away. There's some that are invisible. There's some right. that can only be hit from a certain side. There's some that tunnel in the ground. So it's
0: not just mindless shooting. There's actually some pretty yeah, deep, so, not deep, but pretty... Yeah. Very strategies and, then, and
1: instead of getting just like upgraded weapons you just get more satellites to shoot more bullets but you also get a secondary weapon which does run out of ammo so you can't just spam it away right right. and also the only thing that kind of disappointed were the boss battles I mean if you're playing by yourself they're moderately easy but if you're playing with someone else they're ridiculously easy yeah like uh, the final boss I'm of the getting, games, so they adjust,
0: the difficulty doesn't adjust based on number of players then no, mm, no. that's unfortunate
1: yeah and I remember I was playing the final level with the final boss with my brother and we right. destroyed the boss like it,
0: it didn't In like change. a couple of seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, right. like "Well,
1: that's it." There's like no second form or anything. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Um, I was still rec- so. Why it works with? I assume pro controller, and yeah. gamepad, yeah, yeah.
1: So I would recommend it. It's not that expensive, and it's definitely yeah. I would say it's worth the price point.
0: Yeah, and I mean it. It's, it's a game you could been, go
1: back to, keep beating your score. It's fun. Yeah, and it, and it has Christmas. it has
0: like good. There's a the original Nano. Wow, I just blinked down. I was about to say Stray again. The original Nano Assault was... It's a good was, game to start playing if you never played Yeah, Nanos. And I was going to uh-huh. say, the original Nano Assault had kind of iffy. Like, the general consensus was like, eh. But this one, I've only heard good things, so... And now, obviously, all your comments back that.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, I guess so, now that we have yeah. dual analogs, it just right. works. So you had another eShop game to download. Yep,
1: Man. I, yeah, that's like a must... I, I would say it's a must-have if you want to get a nice variety of eShop games in your...
0: Yeah. Channel which now your needs folders. Your channel? It's not called channel. Your well, home the, the, menu. in your home menu, which now desperately needs folders. Desperately. Because, yeah. I have too many demos now. They're spilt. They're they're interme- I used to separate my di- my demos from my download games, but now they're all intertwined. And it's and it's like, oh, but I want to find F Zero, and it's like buried under the Zombie U demo. I'm like, what do I do? And I panic and cry in a corner in the field position, and then don't play. And on that note, that's random the Pod. <laughs> is there anything else you want to uh, add? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Which well. Are- yeah, on that note, that does it for a our longest episode ever of the Round Podcast. Thanks for listening as we covered a whole slew of stuff. And we got a lot more coming up. Uh, our next episode will be on March 10th, where we're going to have impressions of my Switch Force Hyperdrive Edition, which I just downloaded. We'll have impressions, assuming the release date sticks, we'll have impressions of Runner 2 and Zen Pinball 2, and who knows what else. It's gonna be, there's a lot of games coming out, so it's definitely worth staying tuned for. And the best way to stay tuned is by subscribing to us on iTunes. Or which you can do via link at RamNintendo.com or just search RamNintendo on iTunes. And by following us on Twitter. You can find us at RamNintendo. If you're curious about me and Jose personally, not like that, you can um, either follow us on Twitter. I'm JSR7. He's Wero. W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Or on Miiverse, uh, which might be a better fit since, you know, it's all about Nintendo games. Uh, you can find me at Jason R. Jose is, once again, Wero. Same spelling. Same random underscore, same random capital O at the end, at the end, even though the first O is a little, is lowercase. What what is that?
1: Makes a face,
0: right? So so basically, whenever anyone sees you, you are like, Whoa? isn't that the face? It's kind of making like a startled. What is that face supposed to be? Little O, big O. Um, it is a face. I just don't know what it is. isn't. It like a like a kind of like an anime, like what? You can call
1: it whatever you want. You could call it that that DreamWorks. A bird thing. <laughs> There's a
0: DreamWorks eyebrow? Okay, we'll go with that. But anyway, so follow us on there. T- it would have to be a smile in the middle. It just looks like. Yeah, but you can't do a smile.
1: It's more like, it's more like a huh? I don't know. <laughs> it's more
0: like a huh. So, want... so you're like,
1: where are <laughs> Whatever you want it to be.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, so follow us, subscribe to us. Also, be sure to keep an eye on RandomTown.com. We have extras constantly. We just last week launched um our latest extra, which is Flashback Volume 2 where we picked our favorite Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. We each chose two, and once again, Jose did some awesome art, custom art, representing each game. There was some really cool ones in that one, actually. I really like the Pokemon Silver one you did for mine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so keep so um, check that out if you haven't already. An and, of course, anything we talked about today, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, specifically what you think about a PS4 and what it means for a future Nintendo, or, you know, what's your favorite 3DS game announcement that came out of last week's Nintendo Direct. You can leave all that in the comment section of episode 37, um the 3DS it's of Reawakening. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. If you did if you actually did the pun count for thirty-seven episodes of this podcast podcast, one, I don't know if that's awesome or sad, but we'll go with a little bit of both. Two, we will give you some sort of monetary valued prize if you actually did it. And three, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh yeah, like I said, keep it to your follow us, and we will see you on March 10th for our next episode.